Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. The floor is yours. Oh. Very, are you on a time crunch? No, I. today's oh. about you. It's your health and your well-being. If I were on a time crunch, I would not invite you open-ended to speak on a platform. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, you go, the floor is yours, and I hear, get it, get her done. Yeah, no, well, um, <laughs> maybe that's... that too. We'll mix a little, sprinkle a little of that in, but no, no. I want to hear how you're doing, Em. Oh, not, wow. Not, I don't want you to stress you out. So if you're like, I don't no, want to no, talk no. about this. I like, did think free. before um, we started recording, I was like, am I going to talk about my heart again? Like, people are so fucking over this. Um, but yeah. No, so, we're, we want good news for from the heart circuit, you know? Uh, we so As I, I told you, my neighbor, Anne, is very concerned with her <laughs> cardiac health. <laughs> tell tell Anne I say hey. Um, <laughs> or I'll do it for you, you right yourself. now. Hey, girl. Um <laughs> So I got the surgery and, uh, they, they say, I mean, they're, they can't give me a 100%, but they say in the success range, they think I'm in the success range. Um, so, and the, not to be like, just like a negative Nelly, but that does mean that in the future there, it could literally grow back, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, or that they could have missed a part and that part can give me an episode. So I will forever live in a constant state of anxiety <laughs> that they didn't catch all of it. I feel but like they I got a like lot of it. As a chronic disease sufferer, you think that you will always live with that fear. You will not always live with that fear. I okay. think the people well, who listen you. who who have been in the, the trenches of something like your your heart issue or, or something similar get that feeling of like, this is just going to be the it's just front, never forefront end. of my mind for the rest of my life. Yeah. Even when things are looking good, it's it it weirdly just kind of goes well, at least backstage, you know. Uh-huh. Well, except when I'm actually backstage, <laughs> and then it's, 
Okay, <laughs> it's like an inverse. Okay, see, you're not backstage. It's backstage. You are backstage, uh-huh. and ta-da! I yeah, give yeah, it yeah. floor, and we have to deal with it. Okay. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, <laughs> I didn't even make that. I'm sorry to use the the BS word in front of you. I when you're on even... stage in front of a thousand people, it's not even there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, no, it's. Uh, thank you. I can't wait for the day where that's not the case. But I. Um, so they, anyway, they think it's fine. Um, I, they had me stay overnight in the hospital, which I was not expecting. And then they told me like five minutes before they put me under. And I, yeah, I was getting updates from Eva and I was like, wait, why, why does them have to stay the night? And, um, Eva had already told me like, don't worry. It's not nothing. Apparently. Bad. Yeah. Apparently my doctor's like super meticulous, I guess. And like uh, conservative whether, with that. Yeah. Like whether or not you need to stay, they make you stay. Mm-hmm. Um, which I appreciate, and I until did, you get that hospital bill. Honestly, I don't care. I because <laughs> I ended up. Well, that's um, a plus. Yeah, I ended up actually like probably needing to stay because I did have like a bunch of pain, yeah. and I mean it was literal heartburn. So, like they like <laughs> fried my. Apparently, the same part of my heart they burned it for two hours. <gasps> And they like just kept going. Mm-hmm. I, I, my anxiety. So I have this fun little trifecta where I'm trying to figure out my heart stuff. I'm trying to figure out my blood pressure stuff. And I'm trying to figure out my like top tier anxiety, mm-hmm. which has just gotten so horrible. I don't know why lately. Um, and I don't know which is causing the other two to spike, but my big fear was always like my anxiety would either make my blood pressure spike or vice versa. And then mm-hmm. it would cause an SVT episode. So as I was, going into the hospital that morning to get my surgery, um, they said, oh, don't take any, like, as-needed medication or Mm. as-needed, like, situational medication. So I was on no anti-anxieties. I was on no propranolol. I was just gearing to go. And I had, the night before, had a whole smorgasbord with Allison where we ate the worst food for my heart and my anxiety. (laughs) Well, I wanted my heart to be at, on its worst behavior to like really. Okay. Okay. I'm coming back around. Get, yeah, I yeah. get it. I get it. So I had, thank you to everyone who submitted your suggestions for like the most caffeinated, spicy, greasy, carby foods. Oh, I didn't see this request. Damn. I missed one. Well, about a hundred people sent in everything. And then oh. we, I ordered something from Postmates, from Uber Eats, from DoorDash and from Instacart. Whoa. And it was, a. Uh, I ate until I couldn't eat anymore. And, uh. Probably one of the best decisions I made was like eat the most triggering things for my heart. But then I had to wait two hours before my surgery started the next day. And I had to just breathe through this, like all those chemicals in my body. Yeah, like hoping it'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, can you imagine if I have an SVT episode before they right, put me during under? Pre- yeah, before. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. And so um, I... I all my doctors were very lovely. I made it very clear to them. I was like, I hear a lot of people have to get a second ablation. I ideally would like you to do your absolute best work you've ever done today on me. I need you to absolutely fry this thing out of me. And when I'm under, if you think, hmm, should I go a little further? Yes, you should. I was like, whatever you need to do, get You'll it. Hear out. me from the great beyond, shouting yeah. through the void. Go burn and, it two hours more. Well, so one of my like bigger triggers is any impact like any standing up too quickly any sitting too quickly any 
um, jumping or like, like when Eva and I told you to jump into the pool recently and you were like, yeah, what are you trying to do? Kill me. And we were like, I was like, see, I know, <laughs> I know that would be it. <laughs> Oops. And, and so one of the things that they needed me to do was like kind of hoist myself from the gurney onto like the actual operating table. And I was like, that's the worst. I, I was like, I got to tell you right now, I'm going to do it. But the second I do it, SVT is going to kick in very quickly. So you need, I need to be under in the next 10 seconds. <laughs> and honestly, it, I, they, they listened. And apparently the second I went under, I got, I had an attack. <gasps> dun, 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 um, the show that, I mean, wow. What a beautifully like synchronized <laughs> show you put on there. I know. And the, uh, the, after the surgery, when the doctor came to check on me in the recovery room, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, that, we saw you weren't kidding though. You have a really, really, really bad version of this. And I went, <gasps> yeah, dude, I know. Well, honestly, <laughs> what a relief to finally have somebody be like, whoa, you're yeah. real sick. He seemed, he seemed very excited for how bad it was and yeah. the fact that he caught it. But what I was telling Allison is it was so weird having this whole situation like all these doctors coming at me and they were i know this is so stupid but everyone just like bear with me because it was like a reality that i was not prepared for was that all of the doctors were our age like and like (laughs) it was so because in my mind i think of doctors as like old wise men who have many years before me and all this experience and all these people like i know they go home and just watch tiktok and like it was just so weird that like everyone was late 20s to early 30s <laughs> and they like asked me what type of music uh, i wanted to listen to while i was under this un- in when i was under and i told them i wanted to listen to like lo-fi music and at least two of them went wow this stuff's so vibey and i was like <laughs> i was like i'm going to need you to say words other than vibey as you hold a scalpel or like i need <laughs> a scalpel oh god <laughs> and then there was one doctor who i like i was like i was trying to like get everyone's name and he was like oh you can just call me luke and i was like no no <laughs> you've come too far to be called by your first name yeah anyway so it was just weird to have everyone operating on me who like was in high school when I was in high school it was just so it was just not what I was expecting for the moment but um anyway I asked all the the nurses once I got to the recovery room like what like the hospital tea is I was like I want to know who's sleeping with everyone oh god um I I was like I'm here for a while so I should probably know this Mm -hmm. and uh they all said actually we like at least three people said we actually all transferred to this hospital they separately said this. We they transferred to this hospital because it's like the only hospital in town that doesn't have gossip. And they were like, it's like this their favorite our, hospital. You went to the wrong hospital, Em. I know. I'm they, so sorry. They did all say, trust me, if we had some, I'd be the first to tell you. But the one that I went to before this, they might as well have written Grey's Anatomy about yeah, it. And I was like, say. well, that one you should fill me in on because I'm here overnight and I'm going to be stuck with you for like the next eight hours. <laughs> you so just I- eat your jello while they tell you all the scandals. <laughs> I was like, if you were 60, like I expected, I wouldn't be asking this. But since we're homies now, um, I'm you're, and you keep stabbing me with stuff in the arm, yeah. I'm going to need you to tell me all the dirt. Pay up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, there was one nurse named Steve who is now apparently one of the biggest fans that we'll ever have. Steve? Nurse Steve. Hi, we Nurse got, Steve. 
we got real chummy. Um, Thanks for doing what you do. He uh, he was talking about like the heart healthy foods I need to be eating, and then somehow in that conversation we derailed, and he started showing me videos on his phone of his favorite taco place and how oh. they like f- like flip them into each other's hands. It was. Whoa. He, he was he was a fun guy so anyway my heart for all intents and purposes is okay but i will say um between my blood pressure and my anxiety my stage fright is no better than it was yeah um, that, i will say i was so pleased when your procedure went well and that you came out okay and they said it was like 95 percent whatever success like i was so relieved and then we were like how are you and you're like worse than ever and i was like okay <laughs> i well, need to reroute my thinking here my strategy well, i do so one of the things that i have told christine and also cried to Christine about um, is that I now have a really intense agoraphobia, which it's not that I never thought it wasn't real or wasn't valid. I just had no understanding of it when people would tell me they experienced that. Mm -hmm. And um, I like, I have always understood like, Oh, I have anxiety, but I've never actually felt true constant anxiety and panic attacks for no reason. And I now have that, um, ever since the ambulance, um, you know, Brad, um, <laughs> I, I know Brad, we're on Steve talk. We're on, oh, right. I was going to say Steve talk. We're on <laughs> nurse Steve talk now. So stay well, here. So now I've had like Allison and I have been trying to do like daily exercises where like I get in the car and like try not to cry. Like it's like, it's very, very bad. And so now the idea of traveling for the shows, it's like not just the nerves anymore of being on stage it's like i i just developed this huge panic of like being anywhere where an ambulance wasn't accessible because i was afraid that i would have to need an ambulance again and i wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to get one and so now i'm trying i i we've been looking at therapists and everything for this and like i'm i'm actively trying to get rid of this nightmare but um I've got like all these other issues now where like my body hasn't caught up yet to the logic of like, oh, well, your SVT isn't coming back. You don't have to worry about Mm -hmm, this kind of stuff. mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it really sucks because I now I just think about like, oh, you know, Allison and I had all these plans for Halloween events. And now I'm like, can I Mm -hmm. I know I could do it, but my body refuses to believe it. Like just going to Walmart gives me a full blown panic attack. So. Anyway, now I'm going to therapists for not just general anxiety, but panic disorders. So if anyone wants to follow me along on that mental journey, um, the heart is healed, but the brain is not. So Whoa, that's deep. Yeah. So oh. one day I will be tip top, but so far my health in my 30s I is mean, just a downward fair, spiral. It's only been a few <laughs> days since your procedure. I feel like as time goes on, it'll... I feel like with your stuff like you said it's like a trifecta and they're all i feel like you were able to turn the volume down on one of them exactly so now i just have to figure out these two yeah let's hope it like slowly brings the other two down but and it does help like i I don't want to discourage um you from trying to encourage me like it does make me feel better that for i can look to someone who has had a chronic illness for a long time and be able to say like oh it's not always this bad I've just I'm brand new to this shit and yeah, I don't I mean, know how you do it. I'm, well, I used to be in a position where it was like, oh, I need to know where every possible 
bathroom is at every mm-hmm. moment and I can't drive long distances at a certain time of day and I can't yeah. eat and then drive, you know, whatever. And so it, there was like this constant under, I mean, it's not as scary as like an ambulance, obviously, but it's like this underlying like, oh, well, I need to be hyper aware at all moments that this yeah. could go wrong. It's so tiring. My, my brain is so yeah. tired all the time because I'm always, I, when we've been doing our little exercises, like yesterday we went to FedEx. I didn't even have to get out of the car, but just sitting in the car waiting for Allison to come back from FedEx, yeah. I was looking at every like park bench or anything I could be upside down on yeah, in, a, yeah, in yeah. a moment. So I, I, I understand that. I, so, just, I don't know. How long did it take you to not have that? There's something very resilient and I think plastic about the human mind where after a certain amount of time, our bodies are like, Anyway, back to normal, you know, I think, I mean, I can't wait, like giving birth, for example, is like such a traumatic thing on your body and can be traumatic, uh, but people just do it and they're like, I'll never do this again. And guess what? You know, two years later, they're like, oh, wasn't that wonderful? Let's do it again. So, you know, I think the human body does what it needs to survive. And uh, once it realizes it's not in constant danger, hopefully your mind can like turn the volume down a little bit. Well, thank you. I'm. I will keep everyone updated when I find a, a therapist I like. I just I'm in the stage right now where I'm like in denial that talk therapy will help, which is so stupid because I'm such an advocate for therapy. But in my mind, like I'm already telling myself the logic and it's well, not you clicking. Got, that, so. that, but that's why they have their own. Like if you do, I almost said CBD training. That's not mm-hmm. what it's called. Um, the CBT. It? I CBT. Yeah, CBT. <laughs> CBD and is that's also helpful. I'm looking but into right now. CBT is like more than talk therapy because that's more just like actually changing the way you think about things. So hopefully they can kind of talk you through that. It helped well, me a lot on, you know, in other ways. Well, anyway, if uh, if something were to go awry uh, during our live shows, I want everyone to know I'm so sorry. I'm doing everything I can to be very brave. So um, you're gonna do great, and Christine's gonna do great too. I, I feel like you, you never even get credit for how amazing you are on no, stage. No, I just try to step out of the way to make sure you're not you know (laughs) at least i won't in theory there's a much larger chance now that i won't need an ambulance when i go on stage so that's at least one very good plus of all this happening and everyone's been sending me lovely treats you sent me two whole boxes of chocolate covered strawberries with little eyes on them they were ladybugs that's what I said. We couldn't figure it out because they looked a little funky. But I said, I'm pretty I sure they're ladybugs. Bought, I would not have bought them if they didn't look funky. Thank um, you. And not in a funky, like, moldy way. Funky no, like they, a funky the, ladybug. The stripes on them could, were um, were vague. And so I was like, I think these are ladybugs. And I think Allison thought they were strawberries painted to look like strawberries. And I was like, that Wait, what? <laughs> That Wait, what can't do you be mean? Right. Like it, I don't. What? I honestly don't know what I mean. Uh, wow, my mind just did, tripped and fell on its face. I'm so confused by that but sentence. You, you gave me a puzzle, I guess. With a, oh, us yeah, I was that not out. intending to make you work harder. Um, I just and, wanted to, you know, put eyeballs on your chocolate covered fruit. Thank you. And then Eva surprised me. She decorated the whole troll hole when I was in the hospital. So there's. Oh, yeah, I got a video of that happening as it was very happening. lovely. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. We were uh, in cahoots there. Well, not really. I, I didn't do anything physically. I just contributed from afar. Your name is on the card, so mm. you were involved. That's right. I was. Anyway, Christine, that you said I could have the floor and the floor I had. So um, 
why do you drink and take no, exactly there's no floor left we don't want to take 18 minutes like i'm not I did. taking 18 minutes because everyone's already shutting it off um no i just have one big announcement um as you can tell i'm wearing a great pumpkin shirt um because fall is right around the corner it is ah. september we are drinking pumpkin coffee we are living our wildest autumnal dreams uh mostly indoors because it's you know 86 degrees out but oh fall yeah we're in the, is coming we're in the middle of this of this heat nonsense it's been like 105 here like every day it's been yeah. bananas and that's why it's more important than ever to really commit um inside right. physically uh-huh. inside the building i mean not physically inside yourself but that too <laughs> uh commit to, to fall and all the wonders that it will bring right around oh, the corner so i love when you say autumnal i don't Thank know you. What... it's one of my favorite words <laughs> what's what's the other word you say all the time that gets me fucking going Hold on what it uh, uh oh 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 say it say it say it is it no that one's you i thought amuse-bouche. i thought you <laughs> said that no i never say it i thought that was your thing okay clearly no. i've just combined the two of us in my head for far too long because i can't tell the difference anymore but there are certain words you say where i'm like oh christina's back at it and <laughs> i think there's one more french one which is so stupid double uh, double on double on double double. yeah <laughs> that's the one where I i'm like it. oh god i'm such a douchebag when i say that anyway i love it fall is here almost and we are celebrating it we are willing it to come closer so uh cheers to fall y'all fall y'all and you've got or do you have any fall plans leona's birthday okay do you Halloween. Have any new orleans party t- party time party time yeah. And it, okay 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 maybe um you think of a halloween costume eventually I don't yeah know. i'm gonna i'm gonna brainstorm it um so. i need to brainstorm mine too yeah we'll work hmm. on it maybe i'll be the hersing shifter <laughs> that, that would not would be, be hard one classy trashy headband you are, yeah you want to borrow take. this sweatshirt and you're good to go <laughs> By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink 
It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, let me find my silly little notes. That'd be a good start. Here they are. Okay. So uh, we've been on a cryptid kick and uh, this is another cryptid. I actually, I wanted, nah, I am not going to say what I was going to say and people can just find out next week. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, another cryptid. We're, we're on a cryptid kick and I think next week might be the final cryptid um, for a little bit and I'll get back into the ghosties. But just wanted to throw one your way, see what, see how it feels because it is in Ohio. Oh, and it's between Dayton and Cincinnati. Well, that's right by me. There it is, and it's not the Hersine Shifter this time. That's hard to believe, but okay, I'm listening. Although I do think you and the Loveland Frogman, and then this fella, <laughs> should all have a little <laughs> group chat or something. Okay, well, Lunar Lemon, my Leona uh, cryptid, I... was born literally halfway from Cincinnati to Dayton. Was born right there. So was it in Crosswick? No, I don't even know what that is. Okay. It was in Liberty Township. (laughs) Okay. I was like, wow, you have an actual little monster. That would Um, be cool. Okay. This is the story of the Crosswick monster. Or never heard of it. The Crosswick snake. Ooh. Um, I personally went with monster. It felt scarier. Actually, snakes are scarier. No way. Monster. Boo. Snake is frightening. I really do feel bad for the people out there who are fans of snakes and um because like I someone needs to love snakes and I'm glad <laughs> it's you. Um uh, yeah, we we but, do this PSA like at least one three times a year. It's like <laughs> snake lovers. Uh well and I don't have a problem with snakes. Um I think they're very cool. I, I would don't you hold one? Uh if the right trainer were involved, I don't think I'd just pick one up off the ground, but if somebody said Hey, here, what do you want to try? I think I would probably panic a lot, and I think I probably wouldn't really enjoy myself. Um, but I would do it. But I also don't want, I don't wish harm to snakes, you know? I'm just sort of like, you know, you do you over there. That's that nice sense? for you. That's oh, good. You, That's... you do wish them harm. 
I don't know if I wish them harm, but I certainly wish them to not to ever gone, be near to be me. Gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I wish them fair. I wish them disappearing. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they I hope they disappear to one happy little snake land where all the snake lovers I, can visit them. What but I, I do hope is that they, like spiders, don't disappear while you're trying to track them down in your home. Because when that happens, <laughs> then you're in big trouble. That is a silly, silly for thing a long you said. Night. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think I, I just put them right. I put them exactly where spiders are, and I put those exactly where rats are. I also feel bad for oh, the rat people because I, I love know them. I, that I would hold in a heartbeat, and probably I would own. And it's love. the tail. It's the tail, and nothing else. Because I don't. I obviously me the zoologist. Um, when it comes to rats, in my the mind, zoologist who hates a bunch of animals and wants them all to disappear. <laughs> yeah, we all believe it. Em. In my mind. If it weren't for the tail, I cannot tolerate the tail. I cannot do it. If, if what it about looks the beady like little eyes, though? Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> you don't like that either. You the little teeth. If it weren't for the tail, there's no difference between a rat and like a hamster <laughs> and a gerbil and a hedgehog. I'm I mean, a ha- cute rat. Good luck. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You better just type in tailless rat. I, I will say. Not a single one shows the tail. You want to know why? Because they know that's their worst flaw. No, it's literally, I'm looking through just dozens and there's not one tail. Oh, there's one. Exactly. See, but the tail, and it's like one thing, like like looking at it already freaks me out, but to feel one like hit me if I were touching the rat, (laughs) like I can't even begin to describe the the physical revulsion. Like, I, like, look, I, it's the same thing with snake people. If you're a rat person, I'm so happy for you. And I hope you and your rat have the best friendship there ever was. But like there's, I just, I can't, I, it freaks me out. I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's because it's a tail without fur. Like it, it doesn't look, it's not, it not, it's not a hundred percent a furry creature and therefore I don't want to cuddle it or something. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, I'm, I'm send- aware there's a problem with me to be I'm clear. I'm sending you picture. Like before people come at me, like I'm on your side. I want to not be like this, but I'm also telling you, see, that is a cute picture, but again, no, no tail. tail. So He's I would a teacup though, which is pretty darn cute. Honestly, if you sent me a picture of a rat not showing its tail, a gerbil, a hamster, a little mouse, I wouldn't know the difference. I wouldn't know the difference. And I would think they're all lovely. But the second you pull all four of them up and one of them's got a tail, I judge one. I... <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, okay, that just anyway. goes to show Emma's shallow. Um, so here's the thing I'll that take it. I wanted to say is that when I sent you that photo, I scrolled back by accident and I found the picture of the strawberry ladybugs. And I, I now understand what Allison meant because the ladybugs have dots. Uh-huh. And so the dots look like somebody was trying to like put dots on a strawberry because they were putting dots on the strawberry. Well, because also the only the tip of it was brown. And so I was like, oh, it's a chocolate covered strawberry, but only the top of it's supposed to look chocolate covered and the rest is supposed to be strawberry colored. Yeah, like the, it, the, the, the ladybug the, color. Yeah. yeah. But oh, okay. but also red is the color of a strawberry. And I was like, is it supposed to be a <laughs> Red a is strawberry also the color of a strawberry. I was like, is it a strawberry painted okay. on top of a strawberry? I'm gonna <laughs> send this photo. I'm gonna send this photo to Megan. And just I just am like I I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I wanna be clear. I just find this like weirdly fascinating what everybody kind of you know, how you all process this and I hadn't put this much thought into it. So I would like to share this with Geo's trio and then with Megan, um, our lovely social media 
uh, gal to see what other people think because <laughs> I'm genuinely curious because I can see why you'd be like, oh, it's a strawberry with eyes. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, and I thought that was like redundant to be like, oh, let's just like, why would you waste the time to paint a strawberry on top of a strawberry? It already exactly. looks like a strawberry. <laughs> and famously, stra- strawberries are red too, as you mentioned earlier. So I do understand the confusion. Um, so I don't. If wanna, anyone, I- if anyone's out there who has painted a ladybug to look like a ladybug, just let me know because I'd mean, love to. Oh, a ladybug to look like a ladybug. And then we compare that to the strawberry that looks oh, like a I strawberry. See. I think maybe let's not, you know, I don't want to see a picture of whatever, whoever uh, sick person is decorating ladybugs. It literally, it does look like strawberries painted on top of like strawberries. I'm, I'm, get, I'm understanding. Because when you said it earlier, I felt my brain break a little bit and I didn't really get it. But now looking at the dots, I'm like, oh, I see. Because there's dots. There, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I do. Allison, get it. So if you're listening to this, I didn't mean to, you know, diss your thought process. No matter what it is, they're all they're all gone now, by the way. Oh, like okay, I, good. That's so, what matters. I'm glad you yeah. took a photo before <laughs> before they went away. That that picture was taken before about one of those boxes was empty. So <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, back to the crosswick snake. Yeah, sure. The end. That's how far we have that, tangents. Oh, that's really far into your notes. The title. Okay. <laughs> so this is in Crosswick, Ohio. And as you said earlier, I've never heard of that. Mm-mm. Well, that's because Crosswick, Ohio is a paper town, which I didn't know this was a term for this, but it's in an unincorporated community, which um, oh. I I never knew it was called a paper town, but I guess it's kind of like one of those dialect words where like some place is mm. called something else. And it's a paper town because you can only see it on a map. But like when you go in there, like it's technically part of different counties or different towns. Oh, okay. 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 Which is what Fredericksburg is, by the way. It's an unincorporated city. It's, it's paper um, town. It's paper town. I, I yeah. Cause that. our mailing address, please don't oh. <laughs> snail our mail mailing address is as follows. <laughs> please don't snail mail my mom. Please but don't like our... snake mail her either. Cause I'm pretty <laughs> sure she feels the same way you do about snakes. If not worse, probably worse. Um, I at least I respect snakes from a distance. I think everybody that's everybody where... listening right now is like, I'm going to scream if you guys go on another snake, <laughs> snake tangent. Okay, okay, okay. But Fredericksburg, our like our mailing address is Fredericksburg, but technically we're in Massaponics District, but Whoa. we're also in Spotsylvania County. Like it's a very the it's a weird thing where I could say I'm from any of those three places and I'm technically right. And somebody gets it. And someone gets it. So I guess that's what Crosswick, Ohio is, because it's between Dayton and Cincy. So um, also, as a non-local, am I allowed to say Cincy? Absolutely. We love it. We love to see it. trying to sound really cool We love to make it sound like it's cool. So there's anything you can do to kind of up our game. Cool. So Crosswick is between the coolest city ever, Cincy, and also Dayton. All right. Now you're playing. You're like overplaying it a little bit. I feel like we want it an understated cool. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. okay. Puff of a cigarette. So anyway, Crosswick is from Sensi. Oh, that's what it was. Thank you. Okay. Ding, ding. Uh, Also, as a paper town or as an unincorporated community, that means that they have no local government. Um, There's no real official census info. Um, It's basically rural and to locals. It's a very legitimate area Mm -hmm. that, like, they call it that town name, but nobody else would know what they're talking about. Okay, got Um, it. Like... Like one road goes through the town and that's right. Very Ohio. So you very Ohio. So 
In the late 1800s, locals of Crosswick, they started noticing that there were some unidentifiable tracks on the one road in their town. (laughs) Oh, no. uh, And in the woods near their area. And so they were like, what could this be? Mm. And these tracks apparently lasted for years and nobody did a single thing about it. Like they kept appearing, you mean? Kept appearing for years. Oh, no. And I think everyone was like, that's not my business. And so <laughs> well, it says the first time that's ever happened in a small town. But yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were uh, they I guess it wasn't important enough to them to figure it out. Or they were just like, I'd rather not know what weird, creepy animal walks I mean, up and that down I this road fully. Yeah. Um, and so they lasted years, but people ignored them. But as of May 1882, there were these two teenage boys or preteen boys, I guess. Uh, there's 13 year old Ed and 11 year old Joe. And I don't know if you consider that a tween, maybe I would say tween or kid. 11's more kiddish. I would say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, where the line is for a tween, a preteen, a teen. I can't tell anymore. I'm too old. It's all blurred. You know, I, I guess if you're like Leona's technically a preteen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sure. She's certainly (laughs) pre-teenage eight years you are correct on that front oh god what's it like to be 30 and have a preteen that's crazy so (laughs) um fellow preteens 13 year old ed and 11 year old joe they went fishing at the creek near the edge of town and it's called satter thwaites run does that sound familiar to you absolutely not cool i'm starting to believe all this is fake um they so they're at satter thwaites satter thwaites run and they hear the strange rustling in the bushes and they find when they when they get nosy Mm. they start looking around where they shouldn't have and in the brush they find this strange unknown 30 foot reptile what black and white scaly like Mm. a snake and they basically said it looked like a snake with legs so imagine my worst nightmare wow 30 foot snake with legs now you just add a rat tail to that, and we're—I don't know how you would add we're a tail in to, business. It, to what is essentially a large tail itself, which is. I the think snake. that's why I don't like snakes. They just look like the tail. Wait, wait. There's a big Venn diagram happening of tails over like, tails. Um, like a a gerbil plus a snake equals a rat, as far oh, as I'm concerned. Gosh, you're right. So, like on the on the scale, it's like gerbil, mm-hmm. rat, plus and then snakes tail. down here. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. So, um, and one of my issues with snakes, by the way, is that like, they don't have legs. I am aware you that they don't have... know where they're going. I you... don't know where they're going. You've I've said that. Honestly... It, it honestly makes a lot of sense to me. It's like unexpected. You know? I, and I don't, I don't know how, how they do it either. I'm aware they have muscles. I just, I, it doesn't. And, and also like, M doesn't want to learn. Like don't, don't, I don't send like know. an, like don't send like a, you know, a PowerPoint. Cause M's not going to watch that. <laughs> well, I, don't, knowing... I don't want you to waste your energy knowing might make it worse um it's the same it's the same reason i hate fish like i don't know where you're going (laughs) (laughs) and neither of them as far as i'm concerned blink like they've got like those little (laughs) fake translucent lids but like other than that like (laughs) you're always staring and you're always moving and why so okay okay Uh... 30 foot snake with legs so the boys see it and smart as they can be take off as i would as well oh genius and this monster shoots out of the brush and chases them. <gasps> Immediately, I would collapse in 
I think I would just die on the spot. Immediately, these children made up this story. But, you know, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> this 30-foot snake with legs chased them. I like how that's yeah. what t- that it took me this far to go, I don't know about that. It seems <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> You're still on the word paper town. so <laughs> Explain yourself. So when they, while the monster was chasing them, this is when they noticed that the head alone was over a foot long. Oh, oh, that's a nice time to notice that. <laughs> they just measured it on the run, or so before they uh, before they knew it, the one of the little boys, Joe, was grabbed by the monster <gasps> with its. Because when I said it had legs, I didn't mean just hind legs. It has four legs. Oh no! Like so four F O R E, not F O U R. Like it's or, yeah. Oh, it, it's ha- a, oh, it does have four. Like the it's number. a snake that runs like a cheetah. Okay, here's what. <laughs> Here's what I wanted to say when you said it's a snake with legs. I pictured this, this caterpillar with all of these legs, and I pictured a snake with like many feet. And um, I did picture them wearing sneakers, but that was on me. You didn't, you didn't uh, insinuate that. At this that. point, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Okay, so it has through four... God, all things are possible. <laughs> through Satan, it sounds like. Um, so it's F O U R four mm-hmm. legs, but also it has four. four not only hind but four legs okay oh i see what's happening now yes uh, that's it has where i got four arms yeah okay four arms four, as well yes it has animal <laughs> arms okay um <laughs> and so all four of them are let's say galloping oh, at this point no. towards these boys with a foot-long head okay um and then by the way these just to throw another four number confusion <laughs> at you they're four forearms are four feet long each <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's really long four feet so this thing is like like as tall as a person like five feet it's off the ground. certainly not it's big yeah it's super okay. big all right um so imagine this thing's running at you with all of its four foot long legs and then gets up on two of those hind legs and oh. with the other ones comes at you and grabs you <laughs> sure and according to what is now my favorite publication, the Cincinnati Inquirer. Um, the Cincinnati pa- Inquirer? Yeah. That's been your favorite publication when they featured that big article about me. You're right. Wait, mm-hmm. is, are they the ones who actually put an article out about you? Yeah, front page, baby. Okay. Well, front page, uh, the Cincinnati Inquirer also <laughs> talked about this monster. Okay, well. <laughs> as if it were hard facts and then said that uh, this massive snake grabbed Joe in a slimy embrace. So what did your article say? <laughs> it sounds va- weirdly exactly similar to that one that you're reading. I don't know. They must have mixed up the print, you know. Oh, okay, well, um, request to you. Eventually, I'd like you to cover something from the um, freelance star, Fredericksburg's uh, biggest <laughs> publication today. They did cover us, today. too, Em. They did cover us. But no, not something about us. I want you to cover something from the freelance star eventually. Oh, I see, because you're covering something. I see. I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. Okay, I will. I will. You can cover them talking about me on the front page. That's fine. That's... Okay, sure. That's a crime story if I ever heard one. <laughs> it's a crime to have spent their it's time doing that, certainly. Yeah. So, okay, this thing is now... Gr- By the way, all of the information um, that is any, like, newspaper cl- clipping, mm-hmm. the Cincy Inquirer. Yeah, we friend. were on it. Don't worry. Okay. We're always so, on it. While grabbing Joe with its arms, the monster gets on its hind legs and runs off. So now it can also hold, like, an 11-year-old boy. Good. Runs off towards an old sycamore tree. Oh, that's cute. 
with Joe in his hands, I assume like a little baby. Yeah. And according to the locals, this tree was very, very old, very hollow, and may have had a hole in it that allegedly leads to the monster's lair. Sure, that makes sense. So Ed, the 13-year-old, is watching Joe get dragged to this tree. I would say he's he's not getting dragged. He's getting carefully cradled. Cradled. I just want to be clear about, like, the, you know. In a slimy embrace. Yeah, sure, exactly. Uh, So Ed sees this happening and screams loud enough for others to hear. So these three men come running to help. Mm -hmm. Um, These three men were Reverend Jacob Horn, Mm -hmm. George Peterson, and Alan Jordan. And by the time they got there, they also saw the monster and it had Joe in its mouth. Oh, no. And the monster was trying to force Joe into the tree hole with (laughs) its mouth. He's like, come with me. I think it was like one of those things where like, I feel like I don't, I feel like I see these TikToks all the time where like a dog's trying to drag something through a gate, but it's too long. I was and just so thinking, it, or like when cats like try to keep having to drag their kittens back into their yeah, little like I, nest, like, you know what I, I mean? F- I feel like this monster was trying to drag like Joe through the in. hole, but yeah. the tree was too small. So he was like awkwardly trying to force him in. Yeah. Um, and so, and I say that almost lightheartedly because I feel like the Cincinnati Inquirer was not putting out its best work um, during this. <laughs> oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> um, so, uh, trying to force Joe into the tree hole, but uh, it sees the three men running after it. And mm-hmm. it, here's the problem though it gets scared, so it clenches its jaw <gasps> and bites down on Joe oh, and no. then drops him, and the thing runs off into the tree by itself. Okay. Slithers. No runs. You're right. He's, He's got feet. Either at this point, if he gets on his back, he can slither wherever That's he true. wants. That's true. So the men bring Joe home where apparently he was reported as half dead. Oh. Dramatic. Apparently he was just <laughs> injured. Okay. Um, and there's a doctor named Dr. Lukens who comes to check on Joe. Apparently Joe had, uh, yikes, during this attack, he had convulsed a few times and was having seizures throughout the attack. Okay, well, um, you say dramatic. I mean, sounds like he has reason to be dramatic. Yeah, that one. That one's bad. Um, apparently, he was pretty banged up, and that night he obviously had frequent nightmares. Mm. Um, so now the news has spread across town that there's a 30 foot lizard with legs eating children. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty big news. That would. That would get a fire lit under me. I'd Mm go, "Uh uh-oh, time to move. Uh, And the three men that I mentioned earlier that saved Joe, they organized 60 men to go find this thing and hunt it down once and for all. Okay. So they go to the same sycamore tree, but whatever they bring whatever sharp objects they can with them and basically use them as axes to start chopping down this tree. Okay. They start chopping it down, but shortly after, the monster just pops right out of the tree. Oh. He goes, Yoo-hoo, I'm here. Yoo-hoo. He's like the you, Lorax. <laughs> you were knocking, so here I come. May I offer you a sneed? Speaking of words that you love when I say. I feel like from a moose bouche to sneed, there's a big gap. <laughs> there's no Venn diagram, just two circles really far away. <laughs> it's like the opposite of an amuse bouche is the word sneed. <laughs> okay, so here's a so he pops out, he goes, Hello, I'm a sneed, apparently. Yeah. 
And this is the newspaper description of the creature, according to these 60 men. It was a 30 to 40 foot long, 16 inches in diameter, and had the legs had legs four inches long and covered with scales the same as the body. Four so, inches now, not four. Oh, feet. sorry, sorry, four oh. feet. I read my little quotations wrong. I'm picturing sixteen feet and then four <laughs> tiny little <laughs> legs. I was like, wait, it's wait, like wait. A half a borrower. <laughs> um, no, okay. So th- now these like grown men are confirming, like, no, this thing is thirty feet long. Oh shit, sixteen inches in diameter, four feet, four feet long, four legs, and uh, it's about its feet are a feet long. Its feet are a foot long. <laughs> okay but they're shaped like this feels like that time that we had the dictionary that was all alliterations it's It's like it reminds me of i'm like four foot long forearms and a foot long feet you should go check if this is in that dictionary because i bet they have all sorts of things to say about that if it is i i don't even want to know if i want to know about that because (laughs) but i'd have to read a whole passage we already have a headache yeah oh okay Apparently, the feet are also shaped like a lizard's. They are black and white with large yellow spots. The um, head is about 16 inches wide with a long black forked tongue, Ooh. and the mouth inside is deep red. The hind legs appear to be used to give it an erect position, and its propelling power is in its tail. Ugh, like a kangaroo? Sure. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. Is that what they do? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. <laughs> pretend all of a sudden i like tails um so the monster pops out of the tree looks at them gets on its hind legs i guess to be like the alpha in the group Mm. and he apparently stands on his hind legs at 14 feet tall which doesn't make sense to me because if it's 30 feet long and then goes erect shouldn't it be 30 feet tall no because if it has a tail then it like has its tail back you know you're right you're right you're right okay so it's 14 feet tall when standing which means the tail is 16 feet gross awful great math Um, though thank you (laughs) and apparently uh it gets on its hind legs and then it just takes off before before anyone can catch him and it takes off quote with the velocity of a racehorse wow scary these men had hunting dogs with them but the dogs froze in fear (laughs) uh so the men have to go after this thing by themselves And they report back that the monster is running without slowing down, destroying everything in its path, and finds another hole in the ground to hide in. So they see it get into this hole, and the men decide to keep guard of the hole while they wait for it to come out eventually. But it never, ever did. And eventually they all had to go home. And that was the last time anyone saw the Crosswick monster. That is weirdly, this is weirdly compelling to me. Because at the beginning I was like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. Now I'm just like, wow, a lot of people are claiming they saw this thing. Well, so that is one of the most compelling parts is that apparently 60 men reported back to a newspaper that this is what they saw. 60 men. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. It's like if it were just two kids, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I can kind of write that off. But why are or all even these those, people seeing it? Even those three men. I mean, it, uh, for some yeah. reason, I guess when you can compare it to 60 men, three men all of a sudden feels like not a lot of witnesses. Yeah, and if since uh, that, that three men incident was happening at the same time as the kids, so it's like maybe that one story got twisted. But like the fact that they went back out to the tree mm-hmm. and say they saw it again is just like I wonder what the motivation would be there to all make that up. Or maybe they were like, "Hey, Crosswick, right now is just a paper it's town. Just a pa- we gotta- I w- 
had we the gotta, same thought. Put it on the map, but but more well, more than all, it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got all attention is good attention in Crosswick. <laughs> so uh, the town decided that I guess they declared that this was basically a giant reptile. And it was an enemy of the town, but nobody knew where it was. Mm. And for weeks after this event, people wanted more updates. And so they kept going to the Cincinnati Inquirer. Let's see that. And they, do. Were, they were like, what is the situation? What's the 411 Cincy Inquirer? Mm. Um, but CE, Cincinnati Inquirer, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to keep a, try to do the, the cigarette puff again. No, it's working. Okay. Uh, but all that the newspaper did in response to these like requests for an update, all they did was put out a one paragraph article about Joe's recovery. Hmm. And it was like, he's fine, but he's using a crutch currently. Okay. Oh, and also the monster can be venomous. That was literally the article where they were like, what? They're like, Joe's fine. But just to like, um, fear monger a little more, this monster maybe has venom in it. Where do they come <laughs> up with that? Just, they I just, know. okay, sure. They're like, we're CE. We can do whatever we, can we say want. It might, it might or might not. It's not wrong, I guess. So people keep uh, asking for more information. One person even writes in suggesting that the monster was not a like uh, a lizard or a snake. Like people thought it was actually a python. So I guess type oh. of snake, but specifically a python. Um, and their reasoning, which Christine, hey, remember that whole conversation we had about a, how much I don't like snakes? Correct. Their reasoning for why this might be a python is because they said, well, pythons have legs. No, they don't. But don't, they do. Don't do this to me. But they have tiny little legs. There's one thing worse than a snake without legs, and that's a snake with legs. Uh-huh. And apparently they're um, vestigial organs, I oh, think that's what's called. vestigial, like how vestigial you have organs. vestigial tails. Yes. So right. it's just, so technically... A python has legs, and so I think this writer was saying maybe they saw are, tiny little, or maybe like they like their mutation was oh. worse, and like they had actual legs. Oh, I see. Should I Google python legs? I'm a little scared. So you you can't actually see them on pythons, but it just looks like little nubs. Like they don't actually like sprout. Oh, it's out. like a little claw almost. Yeah, it's enough to make me upset. But, like, it doesn't actually, they don't do anything. You can't, like, like, okay, I see what you're saying. They're certainly not four feet long and carrying (laughs) 11-year-old boys. They're definitely not, they're not even four inches long, as far as I can tell. Four centimeters, maybe. Maybe. Um, But so, anyway, that was one person's reasoning of, like, oh, well, pythons technically have legs, so maybe this one just had a lot of actual legs. Okay, okay. So, even though it wasn't completely wrong of an argument this monster did actually have very noticeable functional legs so uh, most people was like okay well that reasoning doesn't work uh some people thought that this could have just been a massive lizard but the world's biggest lizard do you know what that is do you know the name of it a komodo dragon yes and do you know how long they get I should because I just went to the reptile house at the zoo at the since at the Cincy Zoo. Oh, the uh, CZ. Yeah, we saw a Gila monster, which they pronounce Gila monster, so maybe I was saying it wrong. Hmm. Um, and a Komodo dragon. I would say I don't know, thirteen feet. It's uh, apparently only about ten feet. Oh, okay. But the 
this reasoning is like, okay, well, the world's biggest lizard only gets to 10 feet. This is three times bigger than that. Um, So anyway, nobody ever determined what this monster was. They basically just think it was an exaggerated game of telephone from the 1800s. And over the years, it's gotten more out of hand. But the story of... um, uh, the story of Ed and Joe, the two little kids, plus all those like 60 men seeing it and it being backed by the Cincy Inquirer. Uh, and the Cincy Inquirer even said that the story was also backed by a judge in town who was one of the oldest and most influential citizens in Crosswick. Mm. So all of this just makes it seem like it was pretty valid. But I will also say the Cincinnati Inquirer... Um, uh, described the sycamore tree as 26 feet wide mm-hmm. when the largest sycamore tree at least at that time was around eight feet wide so <sighs> even the like the, the information just doesn't sound like it's totally solid so we can i don't know how much you want to take from it but they were the only ones really reporting on it so we just kind of have to go off of their word i guess I mean, they're one of the biggest publications around here so i'm almost surprised that they covered it while no other like local smaller places did it's very i wonder if it was uh i mean it was also maybe the they eight- got the exclusive scoop they were like maybe we're paying for this special scoop <laughs> maybe also it was eight the 1880s so like, right right for all yeah. i know like they you know i'm not judging them i feel like in the 1880s you could get away with a lot you know, honestly so. i think that was part of it I mean, we've covered so many stories where like newspapers are just outrageous sometimes back then they can just kind of say things maybe they were trying a new thing where they were like okay we're like a big publication but we got to bring in like the the what are we missing mm. that like the, the readers are getting elsewhere and they're yeah. like oh bat boy just left the cave we gotta That's put stuff right. like that in here a new column we need to add to our paper yeah that makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. or maybe someone like i maybe someone wrote this in as like a oh a, yeah a fun little did you know like and yeah. it's just random fun fact history, and people you know? just kind of took to it yeah that's yeah i i there's some antique stores around here that sell like old copies i i would just love if i could find an original copy of that i think it was may 1882 so okay well don't, okay well let me make sure i look that up before this episode comes out and everyone snatches up all the newspapers from <laughs> i'm May I'm gonna of... need to uh, just ask Zandy if we can use his newspaper. Oh yeah, I will. I still have his again. password. I think. Okay, um, May of what? Eighteen what? I think it was eighty two. You know what's so wild is that like my house was being built around that same time. So th- technically, this little thing could have slithered up next to your house one day. Uh, I sure hope so. What if I uh, find a skeleton <laughs> of it underneath my house? Forget it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, nobody ever officially saw the Crosswick monster again, but over time reports have come up of something in Shaker Swamp, which I guess is 10 miles from the first sighting. And in 2012, uh, two other fishermen who were not Ed and Joe, they were in Caesar Creek State Park, which was five miles from the first sighting. And they also saw an unidentified animal in the tree line, oh. but it had um, like glowing eyes and was growling at them. And that's all they really saw. So it could be a completely different cryptid or Great. just a, an identified animal. Um, but others, 
I guess at this point think it must have been, if it were anything, must have been a massive lizard or snake. It could have been like a misplaced alligator um, oh. because especially if it was propelling with its tail. Like I know, sure. like, don't they do that to like come up out of the water? I don't know, but that sounds right. You're the one who went on the gator tour, gator swamp tour. Honestly, <laughs> that was the bravest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, I can't believe you did that. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> to be yeah, clear well things have changed you're next, 30 now <laughs> next time we go to uh new orleans i won't be on any swamp in like tours. two weeks yeah i think i won't find you there i'll find you in your hotel room where we're both eating a lot of I've, snacks <laughs> i've definitely i can say i've done it and like I, I remember them making me hold that little alligator and like that is the equivalent to me of holding a snake but it just has legs it's and the same thing it was a baby so it wasn't like as it was a baby, but it could sense fear, and it could only sense You're my right. fear. I don't know why and I'm trying to diminish it. It sounds scary. I really wish they had said, like, oh, do you want to hold this? Because oh, it was just coming at me, and I was like, I don't, I, all I wanted to do was go, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want I that. mean, they call that part of our brain the reptilian brain, which is, like, the oldest and most primal part of you that's, like, get away from that alligator. Get yes. away from that spider something dangerous is happening and then they're like here you go take a photo with it well i don't know like it's biting ability as a baby i know as as a big boy it could like eat a car maybe but like uh, <laughs> yeah you definitely know that for but, sure like if it like bit my hand if it didn't like me does it hurt as much as like if a cat bit me or is it like a I don't know. I didn't I didn't want to find out and it felt like a rubber tubing with like it was little it was gross anyway I'm glad I did it, and I'm happy to never do it again. <laughs> but uh, the most fun, I'll never enjoy a second time. Uh -huh. So uh, the last thing I'll say about this is if it's not a misplaced alligator, the other big theory, which is, you know, <laughs> we haven't really um, stayed inside the realms of reality theory at this and point. Theory so. right. But there is a conspiracy that this thing might be from another world oh. and that it can move through dimensions. And apparently there are a lot of mythical creatures that use yeah. trees as portals. Yeah, well, so, we talked about like how there's that potential, especially when we talk about Skinwalker Ranch and all that, mm -hmm. of um, different types of beings and cryptids and extraterrestrials like coming from different planes. Yeah, so Maybe it's they, think, they think that this might just be using those trees and holes as portals. Mm. Um to switch worlds and that's why oh. we never saw it again how creepy what if it had pulled the kid through can you imagine oh my god that what kid would have, have he would have grown up with the lizard people oh. dun, that dun, would have dun. talk about the tell-all when that kid found another tree with a hole in it and got back and here. came back that's a new stephen king hulu series i can see it now okay well Great. I'll reach out to the Crosswick snake monster and that little boy and see if they can reenact it for us. And Don't bother. Reach out to the Cincy Inquirer. I'm sure they've got all right. that on archive. Right, right, um, right. And that was a great story. I, you know, I, I like cryptid stories a lot. Um, I I don't think if this one for some reason is um, just very compelling to me. Uh, compelling like believable or compelling like you you're rooting for them fascinating i don't i don't know what it is about this story but for some reason maybe it's that it's so high i don't know i don't know but something about it is less because i feel like most of the cryptids you talk about end up having a kind of like well anyway it was all fun and games and so and so made it up and 
that's the end of the story. But this one has like an open ending, you know? Yeah. Nobody admitted to coming up with the story. So I feel like there weren't even any like uh, theories that were like, oh, they all made it up because there was a big circus coming to town and they all wanted to join the circus. <laughs> that was one of the episodes of the Waltons. Didn't I tell you about that? Where they became friends with all the, <laughs> yeah, the carnival people. That's probably why I had that on my mind. I was like, where am I going with this? Well, the episode started with the police being like, look out, the carnival's in town. Oh and no, not the carnies. It Watch like, out. It, they were like a bunch of those people that work there. They're all coming into town and they're going to break into your house. And it was like, why are we so harsh on these people? You want to see a bearded lady in your bathroom? Ah, it's 19... 19- 50 whatever <laughs> <laughs> and they uh and they actually sure enough they found them and like like squat and get an abandoned home but then they became friends and then Love that before so they had before they had to leave to go to their next show in the next town over they performed a personal circus just wow, for the waltons it was so lovely special for them i know what a special friendship tell um, me about death okay I'd be happy to. You know, I think part of the reason, I'm sorry, I'm still talking about your story, but I just, oh. I, I also find it, you know, Astonishing Legends jokes about this a lot that like just the weirdest shit happens in Ohio and neither of them are from Ohio. So it, it just always strikes me because there are so many weird, like Ohio is such a, it's joked about as being such a blah place, but then there are so many weird things that happen there like cryptids and alien stories and even the amount of like paranormal podcasts that come out of Ohio. There's just a very weird thing happening in in that state. Is it Ohio specifically or like the Midwest or is it like maybe it's the Midwest areas and therefore more things to hide? I don't know because like I don't hear about I mean maybe it's just I'm hear more about it because I'm from there so it's like confirmation bias but I feel like every podcast I listen to about creepy stuff always makes some sort of joke about like of course it's from ohio i don't know it just seems like a huh. a weird pattern um so i don't know i'm just i curious. feel like i think about virginia i i don't know a lot of virginia specific cryptids right. which is it, weird I, f- I feel like we should have more water cryptids because we have a coast coastline yeah uh we've got the bunny man but i i don't think i know of too many hmm you know what yeah. I feel like should be Virginia cryptids? I feel like the jackalope would be a great Virginia thing. Yeah, where where is jackalope? What is it actually based out of? I don't know, do but know? there's like a 49 out of 50% chance it's like gonna, not. <laughs> I was going to say, because I feel like somebody's going to be like, that's a blank jack North Carolina or something. It feels like it's, it just says North American. I feel like it's... Wyoming or something, isn't it? Hang on. Yeah, I just feel like it tends to be a Midwest thing. These cryptids, these... Wyoming, uh, yeah. Wyoming, um, which is also where Hodag is. No, that's Wisconsin. Um, I don't know. All Midwest. All Midwest. I know. I think it's Midwest something. I mean, somebody gave me a shirt recently at the Beachy Sandy Live show that said, Welcome to the Midwest, and it has like a UFO... Like Ooh. abducting a cow or something. And I'm like, it's I don't know. It's just kind of a trope that weird shit happens in Ohio. Are you um, and Zandy doing any more shows that you need to shout out or anything? We are, but it's the only one. I think I might have already mentioned it is in Chicago and it's sold out. So <gasps> look dun, at you. Dun, dun. Where is it at? Uh, it's called the Den Theater. I don't really know anything. You guys about are it. in theaters now? 
I think so. Yeah. Look at you go, Christine. I hadn't even thought of that. Aww. Um, yeah, it's a small theater, but it's a theater. You're right. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. And that's why we drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, and in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use in my opinion. Opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay. We're going to Australia now. So I know we've all had fun in Ohio, but we're going to Australia. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm, I'm down. They've got kangaroos. They do. Full Just- circle just to bring it back with their little propelling tails, apparently. That's right. That's right. That's how they swim. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, they also have something called the Scarlet Letter Murder. Oh, Mm. okay. Is it similar to the Scarlet Letter where someone has a... A A Scarlet Letter? letter? A a letter etched into them? It certainly is. Oy, okay. Sorry. How did you know? Oh, you know, well, that's like the only book I retained from 10th grade. So Oof, what a traumatizing one to retain. I think that's why I retained it. I Probably. was like, this is too <laughs> juicy to forget. Also, it was like all about gossip. So it was I've, about town gossip. Yep. I aligned it aligned town with me. Drama. I aligned with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, do you have to peanut butter your bread or whatever? You're, I, I do want to take a, a bite of my cabbage. <laughs> 
it's like things happen below like i can't even begin to guess what's going on you know what i mean <laughs> i like last week i'm like wow it must be like google mapping something i didn't know and then you're like oh here's my peanut butter sandwich it just appeared now i'm like okay got it peanut butter sandwich there's just like a red cabbage appears in front of me i can't at least track. you know it's always food it's nothing else I am comforted that it's food. Um, although sometimes I do believe, I do hypothesize that maybe you're, you know, shopping eBay for Beanie Babies or something. Or um... no, it's never that fun. I'm usually just. I just wish everyone else gets to eat while they listen to you tell your stories, and I don't. And it's I'm the only person in the world who doesn't get to well, do this. I'm the only person in the world who doesn't get to eat during your stories, and you're welcome to it. But I just for need some lo- reason you say you're not allowed to, and you do it anyway. So I don't I really s- understand the. I just need something crunchy. Okay, last bite, last bite, last. No, bite. no, you eat. You eat up. You're recovering. <laughs> you're in recovery from a health crisis. Eat your cabbage. I'm good now. We're good. Before before I know, Nurse Sam's going to be like, or Nate, what's his name? Nurse Nate? No. Nurse Sam? Nurse oh, Sam. Nurse Steve. Steve. Damn it. Before I know it, Nurse Steve's going to be like, you are dissuading M from eating cabbage. <laughs> Listen, this heart healthy bullshit is, this is not the diet for okay. me. Um, nobody told you to eat raw cabbage. And if they did, they're misguiding you. That's raw Actually, cabbage you're eating. I actually love raw cabbage. But, well, then stop complaining. But no, like I've just been eating nothing, nothing but like clean, healthy food for. I literally saw you eating a charcuterie board the other day, and it was lovely. It we it was lovely. I, I just, wouldn't necessarily after call so that many... healthy. Is that healthy? Here, it wasn't a char- it wasn't a charcuterie board. It was all fruits and vegetables. You don't. We oh. had. We were trying to I do those like were cheeses. I was like, damn. I didn't um, even like we were, cheese. We called it a heart cuterie board. Eh, no, you could work okay. on that. I think you might need a little time. That's fine. Here, but like it was beautiful. I was very jealous. Um, it's literally all fruits oh, and veggies. Oh, but it's so cute. It was very beautiful. Also, the thing you're talking about is right here in the middle. Um, we had like four or five like little turkey roll ups, but that was it. Oh my that was gosh. the only meat. Everything else was grains and That's fruits and veggies. Beautiful. It looks yummy. And it's very yummy, very lovely. But after like so many days in a row of only eating that, I just like, wow, I want a chicken pot pie. Like, <laughs> like is when... that not heart healthy? What's like not heart? What are you not allowed to eat? Um, like, like cheeseburgers, like, I imagine, like classic fast food, probably. Like heavy, heavy, creamy things. Um, mm. Lots of like uh unhealthy carbs like i need to basically just be eating healthy fats and like so not pizza healthy grains. not like the classics like uh fried chicken stuff like that okay the closest to pizza i've gotten lately is um low sodium rice cakes with avocado or peanut butter on them which is delicious also but when you're thinking about pizza it does not it does not work i have a feeling you're <laughs> so. talking to people 85 percent of maybe even 95 percent of who've been on pretty intense diets um for weight loss and we do we do understand um i i i feel for anyone who's just like craving a pizza and can't eat it i'll tell you that mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's just i'm very excited to not have to eat like this anymore but i also part of me still feels the need to i have like this like you know anxiety that if i all of a sudden eat like a hamburger like my heart's gonna like rip mm. itself out of my chest so i am still like scared enough into doing it without having to be told to not eat unhealthy food. I, totally I just got you yeah i just really miss unhealthy well hopefully food. over time it's like oh take like a 
you get a small fry or you yeah, yeah, have yeah, a yeah. few bites and oh, this and that back to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be so weird. I feel like I can't drink around you because I feel like we both have to, you know, <laughs> sacrifice. But I mean, obviously, that's not going to happen. There have been a few times I've had to pull myself away from the chocolate milk uh, in the oh. in the fridge. <laughs> oh, but no, that's sad. Other than that, no, we've been trying like healthier restaurants and all that. And it, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. I'm well, just I'm very proud of you because that is very hard. And I am not in that position right now. So I'm I feel very fortunate. And uh, I will go, not take it lightly when I eat, like, you know, a pizza a later or something. <laughs> go eat a cheesecake for when me, When I go please. eat a cheesecake, I'm going to think of you and shed a tear. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> so, this is the Scarlet Letter Murder. I'm really excited about this one. Maybe that's why I'm in such a peppy mood. I don't know. And I don't mean, like, oh, this is fun, because, you know, it's just terrible. But it's one of those unsolved mysteries where I feel like... You might, and I don't want to put the pressure on you, but I feel like you might have thoughts about this or what happened because it is a lot of, like, he said, she said, uh, Mm. classic conundrum. There aren't, as far as I know, no babies involved, but we'll say he should, he said, she said, they said, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. knows? Um, And so I feel like you might have some thoughts, if not NBD, but um, It is also one where I have warned you of this before in stories where there are a lot of moving parts and you're better at this than like anyone I know of like keeping track of who's who just because what (laughs) like, you know, if I I don't know, I I feel like you're better at retaining like who people are and how they're connected. Sure. Okay. Sure. Let's put that to the test today. (laughs) Well, I know we've had a story like that before where I'm like, and please somewhere in your brain, keep these people. Okay. Got it. It's on on me. And you did that last time. So I feel like I'm, um, I'm hoping you can help me because it, it, it's just confusing. And I, I don't want anyone out there listening to be confused. So if, if you feel like you need explanation, please tell me. I'll do my best. I've got my little desk gargoyles and I'll make them Aww. different people and we'll all remember their relationships. I love that. Oh, that's so smart. Make a little web, like a I'll little like, family this tree. This little person was the town gossip and this yep. little person. Okay. Got it. Okay, great. So we're in Phillip Island, which is in Victoria, Australia, about two hours from Melbourne, Melbourne. And it's accessible by bridge, which makes it a popular tourist spot for Australians and international travelers. Uh, In 1986, which is the year that this was taking place, the island's 40 square miles were covered in beaches and farmland. So people love to kind of go out there for a more rural vacation, that kind of thing. And it was also known for having a Grand Prix track, which is... uh, basically where they like would car, hold like racing race. cars exactly like a pre right so racetrack they were also known for and earlier today when we were preparing i almost said this phrase and i was like wow <gasps> that would spoil the whole thing oh yeah i okay, okay, can i guess absolutely i'll be wrong but no christine did say earlier oh i almost said two words i would have given away my whole story and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? But now that you've said Australia, I'm primed to think one of the words is at least kangaroo. No, but you are weirdly on the right track. Okay, what? The Penguin Parade. That would have not given it away. <laughs> I know. It doesn't really spoil anything except that it's just something I was so excited to tell you about that I didn't want to say it early and then like ruin the surprise. Um, basically, this island is known for its penguin parade. Uh, and Interesting. We are. It's going to be more involved. Like this is part of the story. So don't worry. We're going to get back to that. But 
just as an overview, that's what this island is known for. Uh, the population in 1986 was roughly 4,000 people, and the island was described as close-knit and protective, sometimes even secretive. Uh, and, you know, kind of like if something dramatic were to happen, like, say, a big snake comes out of a gra- the ground. We're and- in Australia, mate. Okay, oh, wait, like, like, it's going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what everyday life. That's a great point. Okay, so, I take it back. Um Anything kind of out of the ordinary, you know, uh, sparks people's attention Mm -hmm. and gossip, let's say. True. So there is this woman, 23-year-old Beth Barnard, and she decided to move into her parents' vacation house on Phillip Island uh, in the 80s. And she took a job as a ranger at the Penguin Parade. That's badass. It is. I, I gasped when I heard that. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about the Penguin Parade. Uh, if I may. Oh, yeah, please. Okay, so according to the Penguin Parade website, Phillip Island is home to the largest little penguin colony in the world. And by the way, these are also sometimes known as fairy penguins. So they're the, the little ones. That, because they're very small and petite and like precious and they kind of hop. Is it like, oh, is it like they're pygmy so goats, but penguins? Cute. They're t- they're small. Um, I've seen them at the, at the Cincy Zoo. Uh, the CZ. The CZ. Not to be confused with the CE. Let me send you some. Oh, my God. They're so stinking cute. Yeah, just Google that. I'm texting a. Oh, they're little babies. Yeah, they're they're called little penguins. That's like legitimately the the species name. (laughs) See, a penguin, I feel the complete opposite of a snake. Oh, my Uh, God. Look at that cuddle bug. There couldn't be. There there are. There's no such thing as too many near me when it comes to little penguins. It's genuinely miraculous these little guys eva's probably in the bathroom or like doing like i don't know (laughs) doing something making tea and it's like what are these photos coming in from like a rat in a teacup a bunch of strawberries painted to look like strawberries and a bunch of little penguins (laughs) um anyway so they Phillip Island is home to the largest colony of these little guys in the world. Uh, and you can actually go experience the magic. This is from their website. The magic of watching these amazing seabirds waddle home from the ocean to their burrows any night of the year from our viewing platforms and boardwalks. So literally every single night people gather just to watch them walk their daily walk back to their burrows. And it's like this magical sight. They're all waddling together. Uh, and this is like what they're very famous for on this That's island. Very precious. It's kind of like our <gasps> Memphis Peabody ducks, ducks. Uh-huh. or like the the um, San Francisco seals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that pure, mm-hmm. was a pure thirty nine or whatever. But yeah. they, I feel like there's always or isn't it San Diego seals or is it? It's San Francisco. Oh, okay. it's your Fisherman's Wharf. But like they, oh, okay. I feel like no matter where you go. There's always a town relatively nearby with a clump of animals everyone just gathers to <laughs> you stare at. You can just at. watch, which is so yeah. cute. Yeah, I would have so not expected penguins in Australia, to penguin be clear. Parade. I would have felt like a koala bear or something, but okay. <laughs> Gathered to watch the sloth make its daily three-inch <laughs> trek. Uh, no, so anyway, the penguins take their daily commute, and she decided, to, which, I mean, what a dream that for it sounds like a novel like a teen novel like i 
moved into my parents' vacation home on the island and started working at the Penguin Parade. What a dream job. It sounds so, like a, like what Lizzie McGuire hoped for. Yeah, yes. It sounds like a <laughs> Disney Channel original, for sure. Um, so Beth had two best friends on the island. There was Marie, who also worked with the Penguins, and then Denise, whose husband worked with the Penguins. So that's how she met her friends. The women mm-hmm. were reportedly inseparable. They talked every day. They spent most of their free time together. Denise said they told each other everything, including Beth's affair with a <gasps> married man named Fergus Cameron. Fergus Cameron. Okay. Was he like the penguin wrangler? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Not really, but kind of. Because 36-year-old Fergus Cameron was a prolific Phillip Island resident. He was wealthy. His family was this like big name on the island they owned a lot of land he actually owned the grand prix track his family owned that oh dang okay so he's a big a big hot shot on campus he's hot shot exactly uh he grew up on Phillip Island. He was known by everyone on the island. He was a founding shareholder of the Phillip Island Grand Prix circuit. He was, and I think in 2004, the family actually ended up selling it for $20 million. So like this, they are like a big name, big money on this island. Uh, and he was widely involved with the island community at large. So I want to tell you, this is where you need to put on your, like, reality TV cap and put put these people in, you know, their perspective spots. Okay. Okay. This is why I'm bad at Clue, because I can't, like, retain all of the different, like, who did it, who didn't do it. There's, like, six people. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. I know. Okay. So, Fergus Cameron. He's married. Mm -hmm. He lives together on a big big farm with different family members in different houses so they basically it's like their own little commune yeah their own little commune their own little neighborhood so he lives with his wife vivian and their two young sons his Mm -hmm. sister marnie lives nearby with her husband ian and his brother donald lives nearby with his wife pamela Okay, so there are three siblings and their spouses all living together. Correct. There you go. Yes. I literally, I'm not kidding. Actually, these little gargoyles are helping. Oh, good. <laughs> I keep, you know I'm what? like, okay, People, so that one's married to this one. <laughs> we were just saying, I was like, oh, first I see peanut butter bread, then I see uh, cab- raw cabbage, and now all of a sudden you're holding gargoyles up after doing some movement. It's really, you're, you're full of surprises. I'm just, I'm just here to have a good time, that's all. It, it's, it seems to be working. So, mm-hmm. Basically, the three siblings live nearby each other uh, on the same plot of land with their respective partners. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a two brothers and a sister, Donald, uh, Fergus, Fergus. <laughs> see, I already forget, and Marnie. Okay. Why they named him Fergus, nobody will know, but that's besides know. the point. So Vivian, who's Fergus's wife... Mm-hmm. She was reportedly a newcomer to the island and sometimes seemed like an outsider struggling to fit in while her husband thrived in the kind of spotlight. Um, I actually just listened to uh, a an audiobook that I was talking to Eve about for a while called um, Quiet, which is like the power of an introvert or the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking, I think it's called. And mm-hmm. I said that to my mom and she's like, well, you're the one who never stops talking. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? You're, <laughs> you're not wrong, I guess. But anyway, the one of the stories was about um, 
Eleanor Roosevelt and how she kind of joined, you know, obviously became first lady and was so unprepared for that kind of life of like Mm -hmm. making speeches and like being in big groups. And so it kind of reminds me of this where his wife kind of married into this very successful, wealthy, prolific family. And she just didn't throw in. She fit in. Yeah. She just felt kind of separate from everybody. Um, so she was naturally shy. She preferred to avoid the spotlight and her brother said she did all kinds of like very noble and awesome things for the community. Um, so even though she wasn't super outgoing, she volunteered to teach night English lessons to immigrants in the area. Um, and she never told anybody about her work. So it wasn't like she was doing it for the attention, um, or the good graces of everyone. Um, so I watched a YouTube video by um, a true crime YouTuber named Liz Wakeford, and um, her video was really helpful. She said that people described Vivian as kind, intelligent, quiet, but very funny with a dry sense of humor. Um, she worked at the Phillip Island Community Center, and apparently, like any time a friend was having a hard time, she'd show up with a casserole and a bottle of wine. Um, she even was known to go out of her way to find homes for kittens at kill shelters so that they wouldn't Aww. be put down um, and really uh, was an advocate for women on the island. So I tell you all this because she becomes a key player in this and uh, we just got to know a little bit about her personality to, to yeah. f- figure And how out. is she related to... Is she is she... married to Ferguson. Vivian. Yes. Okay. Got it. Uh, I'm not Ferguson, Fergus, sorry. She is married to Fergus and she, sorry, they almost named the hippo at the Cincy Cincy Zoo, Ferguson, and it's been in my mind. It's throwing Um, you off. Yeah, it is throwing me off big time. Um, But so Vivian Uh, married Fergus and married into this kind of family where they're like. Right, and she feels like an outcast and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. She feels like an outsider, and but she's still like very involved in the community and very devoted to her family. So Beth, back to Beth, who is 23, just moved there, works at the Penguin Farm, not the Penguin Farm, yikes, the Penguin Parade. (laughs) And at the Penguin Parade, she meets Fergus. Mm -hmm. So she falls deeply head over heels in love with him. And she even told friends he was her first serious relationship. Um, Basically, in 1985, after meeting him, a few months later, he hired her to work on the family farm. And she came and started working on the family farm where he lived with Vivian and his brother and sister. And she became, like, ingratiated to the whole family. They became extremely close. And then she and Fergus started up a sexual relationship. So, And nobody was like, huh, this is fishy. Why is she always here? No. Okay. Nope. Uh, I guess not. At least not right away. Um, So she told her friends that he was her first serious relationship and her first sexual relationship. So this was like a big deal for her. Um, You know, meanwhile, he's married. And so obviously that's a huge problem. Fergus's sister-in-law, Pamela, recalls Beth sometimes fondly referring to Donald as Uncle Donald. um, And Pamela and Donald considered Beth family. Like they really... Sometimes she even called Donald grandpa, like as a joke, like they were Mm. just very, very, very close. Um, And Beth began to feel extremely guilty about her affair with Fergus. Um, 
She wanted, obviously, Fergus to herself, but she was also now really close with his sons, and they were young, and she did not want to upend their lives for her own benefit, so she was very conflicted, I guess, let's say. Yeah, sure. And she thought it was best for them that Fergus and Vivian stay together, but she was, like, madly in love, and so she couldn't reconcile those two things. Um, And Beth's friends, you know, said they didn't think she would purposely break up a happy marriage, but then, of course, Fergus may have said you know his marriage was loveless and she was doing him a favor by coming in just the classic kind of trope of like he's pursuing her and trying to convince her that his marriage isn't all it's cracked up to be to to assuage her guilt so uh that is backed up by some evidence which is that fergus later told investigators quote i'm sure vivian had feelings toward me but i found it difficult to have feelings toward her and that's his wife so You know, that goes to show maybe he was kind of playing down the importance of his marriage to keep Beth around. Sure. So in Vivian's world now, she eventually does catch on that Fergus is having this affair. How long did that take? Do we know? You know, I don't know. Their their entire affair lasted 16 months. Oh, Um, that's a long one. (laughs) It's a long one. And uh, Vivian knew for quite some time, I I believe. Uh, It's not really clear. Well, she tried to get him to go to marriage counseling because of the affair. So I do know that for a while, at least, she was aware and was trying to fix the relationship. And that is because she came from a family that had, like, almost similar incident play out where her father left her mother for a much younger woman Mm. and that had like really hurt her as a child and so she just desperately wanted to salvage her marriage so that her sons didn't you know have to go through the trauma of that divorce um and so she tried to get him into therapy several times um i think they said the last time was seven weeks before this incident that we will be discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she knew at least seven weeks, but presumably longer than that, because she Jeez. was trying to get him into therapy for a while. Okay. So allegedly she became physically and verbally abusive and the relationship turned sour. You know, we don't know. We have one side of that story. So we're just going to have to take that uh, for at its word, I guess. Um, Beth felt the affair... Uh, caused her social grief as well. So even though she was, you know, not the one married in this relationship, um, she felt like she was getting flack for it. So she told her friends that a coworker found out about this affair and reported it to their manager at work uh, who scolded Beth for spending too much time with Fergus. So her job was almost jeopardized for this affair. So on September 22nd of 1986, Uh, Beth hung out at her friend Marie's house and she told Marie she didn't really see a future with Fergus and planned to meet with him that night to give him an ultimatum about their relationship. Oh, damn. Yeah. So she's like, you know what? Which, I mean, again, this is like classic story of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, her or me. Uh, And so she tells her her best friend, we're going to talk about this tonight. And this is where the timeline is very important and also very uh disputed let's say so these are going to be different people's accounts of what happened okay so that night fergus uh had heard that beth wasn't feeling well and had some sort of flu symptoms and so he said he went to her house to check on her 
According to him, he left the penguin parade around 8 p.m., popped in at Beth's, and then left her house around 9, so an hour later. Okay. This would, if this were true, this would make him the last person to see Beth alive before she was murdered. Oh, boy. Okay. But according to him, he is adamant that he did leave her alive and well. After checking on her, he allegedly came home to find Vivian had been drinking wine with his sister, Marnie. So he gets home, sister's there with his wife, and they had both been drinking wine. Mm-hmm. When Marnie left, Vivian had apparently been like building this anger toward him. And so she confronted Fergus about Beth because she was like, you know what? I know you're seeing someone uh, and, you know, you're not participating in therapy whatever it may be she was like i know you are uh with her and i know and she assumed that's where he had been because she had called work called the penguin parade Ah. and found out he got off work at eight and then when he didn't come home for over an hour she was like i know where you were and she had just built up this anger and so as soon as does her drinking wine ever come into play here of like oh she was drunk or anything sort of so she so she right so she has been drinking it this is ferguson's tale yeah but this is his version of events so she's been drinking and she confronts him and apparently the fight gets so out of hand that she takes her wine glass and smashes it into his head in a rage and then begins stabbing him with shards of glass. Holy shit. Okay. But pretty soon after that, she calms down and realizes he needs medical attention because she has physically harmed him. Uh-huh. So she decides she has to take him to the hospital. So, <laughs> so okay. Like, this whole story, um, I mean... Okay. So Vivian is like, shit, I've hurt you. I'm sorry. I got to take you to the hospital. So she calls Marnie, uh, the sister who lives nearby. Who was drinking with her. Who was drinking with her. She calls Marnie and Ian. She says, could you please come over and look after the kids? They're sleeping, but I have to take uh, Fergus to the hospital. So can you just stay at our place? And Can you imagine being Marnie and then getting a phone call after you just had like a great night? 45 minutes later. Gal palling with a glass of wine, and it's like, hey, girl. So I stabbed him in the chest with a hey, bunch of shards my of glass. Bad. My bad. You know, your Oof. brother that we were all joking about at wine night? Well, I did something bad to the back of his head. That poor girl. I mean, the poor, that poor man, too. And everyone is like not in good sorts currently. No, but no, Oof. everyone deserves a little like hug or something. Yeah. At this point, at least. Yeah. So she calls Marnie and Ian and says, can you, hey, thanks for the great wine night. And Marnie's like, did I forget something there? And she's like, no, actually. (laughs) The kids, actually. Can you come get them? You forgot you need to stay overnight. So they come over, um, but but Vivian and Fergus have already gone to the hospital. So Marnie and Ian come over. They immediately notice signs of an altercation. So I don't know if at this point Vivian has said, hey, I hit your brother in the head with a glass. She may have just said, oh, he hurt himself and we have to go to the hospital. But they walk in the house and they're like, wow, okay, clearly a fight has happened here between Mm. Vivian and Fergus. Because they notice blood on clothes in a laundry basket, on some tissues, and then some also in a spare room. 
And Marnie then noticed a single shard of broken glass on the floor. And her thought, of course, is, oh, well, that's dangerous, especially if the kids wake up in the morning. So I'm going to throw this away. Mm-hmm. So inadvertently cleaned up a lot of what may have later become evidence, if that makes sense. Good job, girl. Yeah. But, she I wouldn't mean, have known. But like, no. So. And like, to be fair, there are little kids in the house. So like, yeah, you're going to see broken glass and like. Totally makes up. sense. And as far as you know, everyone's fine. You're just, they're just at the, you know, hospital getting checked out. Yep. So. They come over, they notice this stuff, um, and meanwhile at the hospital, the nurses quietly assumed um, like something had happened domestically, but they also noticed that uh, Vivian and Fergus were really, really close, like very, very intimate almost with each Vivian other. Vivian and Fergus? Yeah, at the at the hospital. I mean, I guess part of it is like, oh, well, you know, she's worried about him and they're married. But also it's like, oh, but you stabbed him. Like, why are you close all of a sudden? And so there's some dispute about that. And I know some of the nurses even mentioned, or at least one of the nurses mentioned, um, that later when she heard, oh, that Vivian had allegedly done this to Fergus, she was like, wait, that doesn't add up because I would have guessed that he and one of his brothers got into a fight and she was trying to, like, comfort him and take care of him or something. But she was like, the way that... And again, you know, just seeing how somebody reacts in a situation doesn't necessarily tell you everything. But the at least that one nurse kind of said, wait, what? Like, that is not yeah. how they were behaving. Like, that they had been the ones in the fight. It looked like she was helping consoling him. From, him. Consoling him. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, that could be part of an abuse situation, too. So it's hard to say. But basically... They didn't find any glass in his wound um, to corroborate that there had been glass involved, but they just had to take the story for its word. Um, and after he was treated, uh, Fergus was taken to Marnie's house by Vivian. So Marnie and Ian had gone to Vivian's house, taken the kids over to their house and said, like, we'll just watch them at our house. So after the hospital, Vivian brings Fergus to their house to stay the night. Now, this is where Fergus says he and his wife had a talk. She said, you know what? You stay with your sister and the kids. I'm going to go back to my family in Melbourne, 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 however you say it, on the mainland. And you and the son, you and our sons stay on the island as the divorce goes through. Oh, damn. And she said, because you're a great father, I believe was the quote. You basically keep the son, keep our kids, and I'm going to move back in with my family. Okay. This is how this story goes from Fergus's perspective. So he goes to his sister's house, stays the night. This is where things get even weirder. So at 3 a.m. that night, Vivian called her friend. This is where you need another gargoyle. Robin Dixon. (laughs) Vivian called Robert Dixon. Robin. Robin Dixon. Okay. Yes. And Robin, with a Y, if you're wondering, Hmm. uh, gets this call from her friend, Vivian. And Robin's husband, John, answers the phone. It's three in the morning. He's like, is everything okay? And she says, I just had a fight with Fergus. Can you come watch my kids while I take Fergus to the hospital? This is happening after the whole This is happening at three in the morning. 
after the hospital thing already happened. After the hospital thing already happened. Okay, so replay. She's being very, very lovey-dovey to him in the hospital, which is Correct. already out of character. Then they get back home, and then she says, I'm going to go stay with my my parents. You mm-hmm. stay here with the kids. Mm-hmm. I'll catch you at the divorce hearing or something. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, I guess, wherever she is at 3 in the morning, calls her friend and says oh, can you come watch my kids? Even though she just told mm-hmm. him, you can have the kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're caught yes. up. Yes, you're exactly, thank you. This is why I need your beautiful mind on this because. And that's you- what you missed on Glee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so thank you for catching everybody up. Um, and I will add too that Fergus said during their discussion about you keep the kids and I will move to the mainland, he also said, uh, oh, by the way, she said, um, you know, you keep the kids and I understand that your new partner is Beth and you guys go be happy together. So Bye. she really, uh, for all he's aware of or for all he's telling, she mm-hmm. dipped out. She yeah. was like, clean cut, you do, She's you like, I do I'm me. I'm so happy, for, not maybe not happy for you, but like, oh, I understand. Yeah. Like we're bygones be bygones. Yep. We'll we'll figure it out. With we'll the kids. settle this later. Exactly. Like and so a homie in terms of a, di- a divorcee. Yeah. Like, like if you're really go- going right, to keep sure. it clean. Yeah. Just was like, okay, you know what? But also kind of pulling a 180 from desperately hoping to keep her family together. So just a strange yeah. turn of events. And, you know, there's also that element of like, I kind of touch on this, but everyone who knew her said like she would not have left the kids and said, you're a great dad. Bye. Like, that's just something so out of character. Um, uh-huh. Well, it would, would make sense, especially he's already got this history with uh, his uh, mistress, mm-hmm. Beth. Beth, mm-hmm. is Beth. Yep. OK. So, I mean, he's already got the history with Beth of like probably saying whatever he needs to to get her to think that their marriage isn't doing very well Mm -hmm. so i'd imagine he's also got it in him to tell police and the jury whatever he needs to to fudge the story that's a good point yeah Yeah. that's a great point so that could for all we know that could be happening um and for all we know he could be telling the truth this is all alleged please don't sue me okay so she calls robin and is like hey i'm so sorry i just three in the morning i just had this fight with fergus and blah 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 can you come watch the kids which is so weird because they already did this whole rigmarole. And so there's that piece of evidence. Vivian left, but when Robin and John showed up to pick up her sons, they noticed that her black suede handbag had been left behind in the house. Um, They also noticed that the sedan was in the driveway, but the family's Toyota Land Cruiser their other car was gone. So they were like, okay, she must have taken the land cruiser and taken uh, Fergus to the hospital. And, but left her purse. But left her purse behind. Okay. Around 8 a.m., <laughs> Robin calls. She's trying to call anybody. She's trying to get a hold of uh, Vivian, of Fergus, of anybody who can help her because she went and picked up the kids and she still has them. And she's like, it's eight in the morning. It's a school day. What am I supposed to do with these kids? Where do you go to school, kids? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, she sent one of them to ki- to school with her kid. I guess they went to the same school. And then the other one she still had. So she was like, I don't know what to do with your child. And I know you're going through something here. But 
Like I need someone to help me out. So she starts calling all the all the different Cameron family members and manages to get a hold of Donald, Uncle Donald, the brother. The brother. Okay. And she is explaining the situation. So Donald's like, I'll pick up the other son. I'm not, you know, we're not using names. I don't think they've even been released because they're minors uh, or they were minors at the time. But so he, Donald says, I'll take my nephew home and keep an eye on him while we try to figure out what's going on with Vivian and Fergus. And I guess the kid gets a day off of school. I don't know. Sure. So Donald takes a child from Robin and John and he as he's passing Vivian and Fergus's house, also notices that the land cruiser is not in the driveway. So we can confirm mm. now two people have noticed that the car, family car, is not there. And and also, like, neither is Fergus. Right. Well, Fergus is still at uh, Marnie and Donald's okay. house. Okay. No, not it. Donald, sorry. <laughs> this is what it's like. Marnie and Ian. Marnie and Ian. Yes. And yes, Marnie and Ian have Fergus. Okay. (laughs) God. Uh, Okay. (laughs) This is confusing. So finally, Donald gets a hold of Fergus and is like, what is going on? Because he was not involved in the proceedings of last night. So he's like, playing a game of t- literal telephone with a bunch of people, try to figure out why do I now have my nephew? Where is parents? What is up? So he gets a hold of Fergus, who seems a bit out of it from the previous night. So he says, <laughs> he says, wait, hold on. <laughs> this what is going on? <laughs> this bullet is so confusing. I just want to make sure I say it correctly. Okay. <laughs> so, so Donald finally gets a hold of Fergus, but Fergus seems pretty out of it after the previous night. So he's like, okay, put me on the phone with Ian, uh-huh. our brother-in-law. Uh-huh. So he's like, Ian, what the hell's going on? I have the kid. Like, what is Fergus's deal? Where's Vivian, etc." Ian is like, hey, Fergus, <laughs> Donald has your kid. Where's Vivian, etc." So Ian's like the go-between. And Fergus says, can you two please go check on beth i'm worried about her what that's quite a curveball right it's like hey i know like all this is really weird and my wife is like calling a bunch of people and telling them that we got in a fight and also where are my kids but everything's actually fine as far as i knew um can you go check out my mistress can you go check on my 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 what's the what's there a new word for mistress i feel like I that's f- out of date feel like that is out of date as well i mean i guess girlfriend the girlfriend? other woman the other woman yeah i don't know um i don't know let's if say a... girlfriend girlfriend yeah fine. His, his girlfriend um so he says can you check on beth which we'll get into why that's odd but it's also odd like why don't you go check on beth but okay right you're clearly just hanging out by yourself without right? having to watch any of your children we're all doing it for you yeah, <laughs> what's going it's sort on of like why are you sending your brothers to go check whatever so he sends his brother and his brother-in-law to go check on beth but donald and ian being nice brothers and brother brothers-in-law stop at fergus's house to look for vivian because they're like well we'll check on your girlfriend but we're also going to check on your wife right you know? We should see if she's doing okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they go to their house. Vivian is not there. So they're like, fine, we'll do what he says. We'll go check on Beth's house. 
They arrive at Beth's house and they find the porch light on and the door open. Oh my goodness. Okay. This is where I say somebody call somebody because I don't want to go in there. Mm-hmm. So Donald finds Beth first. Uh, he yells for Ian. And instead of calling the police for some reason, they decide to drive to the station. Now, Donald is a, he's known, like very well known as being just a very straightforward and well-spoken person. Okay. So it was a little odd when he arrived at the police station and muttered and rambled for about 10 minutes before saying, he doesn't even say she is dead. He says, it's Beth. I think she's unwell. He finally manages to spit that out to the police. Oh, and okay. Yeah, she was definitely unwell. Uh, she had been brutally murdered. So right. let's get into that. So sometime that night prior, sometime after Fergus had left, gone home, gone to the ER, etc., someone entered her house and attacked her while she slept. She had been stabbed to death. Um, according to forensics, she tried to get up and fight with her attacker. She was found on her back, lying on the floor near her bed, and she had been covered up to her chin by a quilt. So whoever had done this had then afterwards trying to like hide hide the evidence or yeah, like maybe or out just of like respect, least, yeah, or... something like that. Uh, just covered up the body, um, which I always just find so like ironically ridiculous. It's like, oh, I felt guilt or shame. It's like, well, it's too late for that, friend. You know, a quilt's not mm. going to do it, but. Whatever. So somebody covered her up with a quilt. Her, it just gets weirder. Her ankles, knees, and elbows were covered in defensive wounds. The attacker had stabbed her viciously multiple times, slashing at her throat and face. They even broke one of her teeth in the stabbing. Um, And the fact that she was stabbed in the face, you know, obviously struck investigators. It's like very personal. Personal, yeah. Um, Because it's just, you know, it's not. The deadly place, I mean, it's probably also deadly, but it's also a very personal place to stab someone uh, in the face. There was sperm found both inside and outside of her body, but there were no DNA links found. Uh, Fergus told Interesting. Invest- yeah, and Fergus like, told... Sorry, I, I know you're literally about to speak and I keep interrupting you. No, he, no. he wouldn't, did he not give a sample? So there was not dna evidence yet um oh okay so i don't know if this was something they did later and he wasn't in the system and he had been cleared so they didn't there's that part's not entirely clear to me um just because we do go over like the dna thing later but um yeah the, the the thing with the semen is very strange because fergus told investigators that he and beth had not had sex that night And then they were like, well, maybe it came from a previous encounter with Fergus. But her friends were like, no, she showers like every day. There's no Mm. way she would have gone days without showering. It just doesn't add up. So, I mean, again, we don't really know. Um, Most shocking of all was that Beth's T-shirt was pulled up all the way to her neck and revealed a large letter A carved into her stomach. Believed to be referencing... The 1850 novel, The Scarlet Letter, mm-hmm. uh, which, as probably anyone who took 10th grade English has at least heard of, uh, which is it follows Hester Print, <clears throat> who's a Puritan woman who has a child out of wedlock and must spend the rest of her life with 
a scarlet with a red A attached to her clothing um, to basically be called out as an adulteress, basically mm-hmm. being punished for her affair. Affair, you know, to having a baby out of wedlock. Anyway, investigators found no forced entry in the home. And despite Donald's like 10 minute long rambling and then saying Beth is unwell, they did note that Donald and Ian were shockingly calm about the whole thing to the point that one investigator even said, quote, you'd think these blokes discovered bodies every day of their lives. Like they just didn't seem phased, which I don't know. I have a hard time with that one, with that piece of the story. I don't totally know what it means. Huh? So back at Donald's, Fergus calls Marnie, his sister, and says, no one's heard from Beth yet. And this is because, you know, the, the brothers went straight to the police, but they didn't call. They hadn't told him. They hadn't told Fergus what they had oh, found. Oh, okay. So for all he knows, he's twiddling his sons, waiting for his brothers to get back to him. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're at the police station, like tripping out, you know, that they've just found what they found are they throwing him under the bus at all and being like i don't know he she was sleeping with our brother no so i think that was pretty much known at this point like that was not a secret at this point um so fergus calls his sister and is like i haven't heard anything like i i haven't heard from beth i want to make sure she's okay can you call her Hmm. again i say why don't you call her yeah isn't that weird? This is yeah. like pre-cell phones. This isn't like, oh, um, she won't answer my calls. Can you try calling her? It's like, hey, can you call and check on her? I just find this a little odd, but, you know, it's all okay. anecdotal. So. so Marnie gives Beth a call and, of course, does not get an answer. Um, and so she's like, I feel weird about this whole thing. She leaves work early to get home to Fergus because he's freaking out. He's trying to figure out what's going on with Beth. Then a doctor shows up from his practice in a nearby town because he's heard of Beth's killing and he has been given the lovely task of informing the rest of her family and friends about this death. Worst part of that job. I know. And I actually looked him up to to see what was going on with this guy. Um, And, you know, he's still uh, he's still practicing over there. Um, Oh, he he even put some of his interests. Let me make sure I have have that here uh while not at work his name by the way in case anyone's wondering is dr paul flood and uh huh. when not at work he enjoys bike riding theater opera and travel so huh. you know, if you're looking dr. for a flood. gp go check him out anyway so he comes and he unfortunately has a task of letting people know about this horrible death and at this news pamela also leaves work early to come home to go, come home to the family farm on her okay. way home she's driving through nearby new haven which is a town over there mm-hmm. when she sees the missing land cruiser <gasps> parked by a playground close to the bridge that connects philip island to the mainland <sighs> okay are we thinking at this point that it's vivian doing this or that it's Fergus. To me, at this point, I'm like, okay, v- 
Vivian, I think. I feel Just like it feels like she's Vivian. not here. Right. Exactly. And or that's also where for the, the weird phone call and like the, the uh-huh. car is missing. And okay. Exactly. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on so no, far. No, but, but you're exactly on the right page of like, okay, I think I see a, a, a story, a narrative emerging here. That well, also, like, Vivian. I feel like of anyone, like, it would not be fergus to be the one to call beth an adulteress and carve an a into her body like i almost right. think that he's like immediately innocent be- unless maybe he's trying to like trick somebody or ca- ding ding you- ding ah okay <laughs> but yes this was the exact direction that the story was going it was like well okay this a i mean if you know you find out you're being cheated on and mm-hmm. etc so it's just so weird, though. I mean, it just feels like with those like criminals who like can't stay away from their own crime scene, where it's like he could have never been like, "Hey, someone needs to go check on Beth. What's going on with Beth? What's going on with Beth?" And it's like you could have just not mentioned Beth, and like we might not have even might not have even gotten that far. But maybe he wanted someone else to discover this and then get someone else in trouble. Haha. I see. Or okay, okay. or at least have someone else be interviewed about fine because I feel like. If he were to find, I mean, this is all outside of the realm of what actually happened. I just want to be clear, like in a hypothetical world, if he had found the body, that's one more Uh like arrow pointing to him. Like, oh, you you found, you were the last person to see her alive and you found the body, you know. So maybe, I mean, this is just conjecture, but maybe that's why he's suggested someone go over there i have no clue sure um but yeah so basically at this point we're thinking vivian's looking a little sus so vivian's sister-in-law pamela is driving home from work to check on fergus when she sees the land cruiser it's parked by the bridge that connects phillip island to the mainland pamela goes up to the car finds it unlocked the windows are down and the key is in the ignition Moreover, Vivian's black suede handbag is on the seat. Oh, but it was not previously missing like the car was. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's almost as if someone went back home then to grab back. her purse and then plant it in the, the missing f- car. Frick. Or uh-huh. she just decided she needed her purse so badly and then like didn't. Like, let's commit a crime and then race back home real quick because I need and that grab bag. grab my bag, but then leave it in the car. Right. So it didn't, it didn't add up. So along with the handbag was a gold purse and two packs of cigarettes, as well as a lighter. The cigarettes were a brand Vivian was known to smoke. Um, and there was another set of keys and a carving knife sitting beside a washcloth covered in blood. Okay. That's a little too on the nose it's if you're so trying to plant something. on the nose, isn't it? That's like, and, that's literally like a, like a kit or something on like what, like every single stereotypical thing you need to make someone look guilty. Exactly. And, you know, I was looking at the comments to see like what people were thinking and feeling on the, um, on the video that I mentioned earlier that, that YouTube video Liz Wakeford posted and somebody had mentioned, um, you know, how, just how ridiculously stereotypical all these pieces of evidence were. And she even mentioned that like in a documentary she watched, they even likened it to murder. She wrote like, the most like cliche, you know, red herrings everywhere. Yep. And so, yeah, that's kind of, it's like, check, check, check. The There's a bloody rag. There's a knife. There's uh, her handbag and her cigarettes. Um, Pamela takes the purse and the keys, locks the car, goes home, and is probably like, what the fuck is going on? 
So later, when investigators heard Pamela's and Robin's stories, it would become confusing as to why, like you had mentioned, she would leave her black handbag behind at 3 a.m. when she had called and said, can you come take the kids? And her friend Robin had come over and the handbag was there. Mm -hmm. Then go back to the house and get it, but then abandon it again in the vehicle, unlocked. Right. So it just didn't add up it almost feels like it's been planted there like oh let me get her purse and toss it in with her id in it and that'll be right you know obvious at this point I just write a note that says i did it from Oops. vivian <laughs> right yeah. except for love vivian yeah, yeah it, it just doesn't it's a little on the nose but i mean sometimes i guess it's sometimes criminals are that obvious i don't know but now we have a woman who's dead and a woman who is missing um, investigators immediately suspect suicide. And so they check the water uh, surrounding the bridge, thinking, well, maybe she jumped off the bridge. And that's why the car was parked right next to the bridge. She was overcome by what she had done, and she decided to jump off the bridge and end her life. Well, they find no sign of Vivian in the water. Um, and witnesses who passed by the parked vehicle placed it uh, by the bridge as early as 3 p.m. Another witness even claimed he saw it there at 5 a.m. Um, and said it was unusual enough that he remembered a Land Cruiser being there at 5 in the morning. So for a while, it had been there at least since that morning. Mm. Um, so that would have been only two hours after Vivian called Robin and John and pretended to go to the hospital. And then okay. in that time, she would have had to go back and get her purse also. Right. Very strange. So if she didn't go to the hospital, where the hell was she for those two hours? Uh, this is also where it kind of pins the crime on Vivian. It's like, well, mm -hmm. she had the time to do it. And incidentally, one of Beth's neighbors reported being woken up by the sound of a land cruiser driving by at 3.20 in the morning. Oh, Good ears to be able mm -hmm. to tell the exact sound of a car. Well, a Land Cruiser, I guess, is like a specific... I looked it up. Yeah, you're right. The picture of their Land Cruiser looked so specific, but I, I think that was just what it looked like in 1986. I feel it, like if I got woken up by a car at three in the morning, I wouldn't know what type of car it was, but I wouldn't <laughs> know what type of driver that person was. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. an asshole at four oh, in the morning. Oh, someone with a huge penis. Got yep. it. Yeah. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. Got it. Yeah. So I guess they had heard this Land Cruiser. I don't know if they had seen the Land Cruiser, if they just claimed they heard it. Um, but another neighbor also said she witnessed a vehicle ar arriving at Beth's earlier in the evening, but that was before Fergus had even allegedly shown up to check on uh, Beth. So the reason that this is mentioned is because it's very unusual, I guess, for cars to be on, in this area when they don't live there. So mm -hmm. I guess the neighbors did notice like unusual activity the hours before she was killed. One witness on the road even saw a motorcycle at 5.30 in the morning driving through town, and that was very odd, and the person on it was wearing an oilskin raincoat, and the headlights were off so that the driver would remain, like, undetected. Uh-huh. And the motorcycle was a type often used in agricultural work, which another witness corroborated and said the motorcycle actually matched the one that usually sat on the back of the Land Cruiser. So oh, they shit. had a motorcycle that actually, because at first I was like, okay, a motorcycle. But I guess there was one really similar that often was attached to the Land Cruiser. So perhaps that has something to do with it. Hmm. More strange testimonies cropped up. Nothing seemed to add up. Now, this is one that gives me 
goose cam that I wonder what you think. Um, so Glenda, who is one of Vivian's friends, saw the case on the news and immediately called police because she told investigators that at 10 a.m. on September 23rd, and this is when Vivian was effectively already missing. This is like the morning where everyone's trying to figure out where everybody is and uh Fergus is saying, go check on Beth, and we don't know where Vivian is. Anyway, that morning, 10 a.m., Vivian called Glenda out of the blue and just started chit-chatting. And they Ugh. talked about sewing patterns, like nothing. Like, like almost nothing. intentionally, in, like, uh, in, intentionally vague, so it would seem as if, like, nothing's assuming. All of like, normal. Yeah, yeah. Very, very strange. And like, there's more about this that's strange because Glenda could hear other voices in the background and she heard Vivian shush them and said, Oh, are the boys home? But she like, wouldn't answer that question. Ew. And so it, it, it is odd because we know that the boys were not with her because the one boy was at school and the other boy was with Donald. So, like, we don't know who was in the background of that phone call. Weird. Right? And so, yeah, I guess she'd ask, oh, are the boys home from school or something? And she didn't really answer. And, of course, police were immediately like, oh, you must have the wrong day. But Glenda's friend who was visiting for vacation was like, no, I, I was here and I heard that phone call happen at 10 a.m. Wow. So multiple people are corroborating, like, nope, uh, Vivian called to talk about sewing, just chit-chat. 10 a.m. As, okay. as her land cruisers by the bridge and everyone's out hunting. You know, I mean, just very, very weird. So it almost makes me wonder, like, if it were Vivian, did she have accomplices that she like? Yeah. Like, what's this? But then, like, why would accomplices then put all of this, like, yeah, obviously guilty, all these tools into her car to, like, point at her? Maybe it was her parents because she was supposed to not. She was supposed to be with them. Didn't she say, I'm going to go be with my yeah. parents on the mainland? Like Maybe she was with saying friends on the way to people in the mainland. Oh, oh, in the background, you mean? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. Because that would be somebody who wouldn't necessarily give her up if it were like family members. And it would be people she wouldn't want to include in any trial. Of, like if she just like popped by to, to see people or tried to lay low or. Right. But also, like, lay low from what? Because as far as she's concerned, she right. just, like, left a guy very calm, calm-headed. calm and Right. For the reason to be laying low, it would have to be she committed the crime or at least knew something about the crime. This is why it gets hmm. so convoluted. Hmm. This phone call throws me off because the woman is so, just so genuinely sincere. Like, no, I know what time she called me and my friend was here and witnessed the call and... It's especially weird because I feel like something like sewing patterns, if if Vivian did something, imagine the mindset you have to get yourself into to be like, yeah. okay, I'm paranoid and petrified and, and just so guilt-ridden with everything I've just done, but yeah. now I have to act like everything's fine, so I have an alibi. Yeah, so I and gotta call Glenda. <laughs> so I gotta call Glenda, and also people, like, I can't do it in a room away from everybody else, though. I can't tell them to go away for a second. Yeah. But then if it's not her... Then maybe she really did just call about sewing patterns and like was just trying to like keep someone's privacy about where she was. I don't I don't know. It's so weird because I will add, nobody ever saw Vivian again. 
It was almost, I feel like she like almost paid like two random mob people to get her gone. Maybe, honestly, maybe she was just like, I mean, how many times is there that stereotypical dad when you guys divorce and like the dad just takes off and never sees the kids again? Maybe, you know, you can flip it and reverse it. And maybe she was like, all right, you keep the kids. I'm going to go here. Don't call me. Mm hmm. And then just disappears and just like, I don't want to be a part of that family anymore. And it just conveniently lined up with him. I just feel like it's killing somebody? so, no, I totally get that narrative. And I think that is, that's definitely one of the theories. I just have such a hard time believing like you could stay gone from your kids and your like you would for at so least, long. Well, you would at least think if you planned on leaving your family, even though you like, with no with nothing else going on you just planned on like oh he's cheating on me i'm just gonna leave the family and like just start over you would think the second you find out that there's this massive crime you would consider coming back to be like by the way it was not me well especially because like they're immediately being like oh she did this like i mean the immediate theory is vivian committed this crime so it's Hmm. sort of like she's they're and like, on but the it's hunt so, for her. But it's so easy to, I mean, maybe maybe she did do it. But it's also so easy to say that she did it if she's mm-hmm. the one that just randomly went missing. Right, exactly. And like, so I feel we like don't have the other side easy. of the story. Like, we don't have the other side of the story. So it is, like, so on the nose that some people are like, well, duh, it's just right in front of us. But then some people are like, well, it's a little too easy. Yeah, and part of me even thinks, like, oh, like... Maybe she really was, like, in a room with people who she was, like, paying to, like, help her get out of town. But, like, then why would you call for something so minor, like, sewing patterns? When like I wonder could... if that was just the planting of everything's normal. And maybe she said something that Glenda was supposed to remember and say, like, oh, she was... I don't know. I don't know. What? This like, maybe it's part of an alibi. It's so weird. And, like, I believe Glenda because I, I, I don't – I mean, the police basically said, oh, well, that's just extraneous information. You must have the wrong date. And it's like, well, I don't I don't know. She did call her other friend at 3 a.m. and blatantly lied about the hospital. So, like, it wouldn't be the first time she's randomly calling people and making up stories. I don't know. Anyway, so <sighs> Glenda insisted – I know what date it was. It was the 23rd. It was 10 in the morning, and my friend was here to witness it. And she also said, I don't think Vivian could have killed Beth and then called immediately to chat about sewing patterns. Like, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, And then the investigator told her, well, people can just snap, which, by the way, is a common misconception and is not really exactly true. So Um, why don't you go ask your like Discovery Plus channel as you watch the show snapped? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, makes it clear that people don't just snap. They have a buildup to the snapping like it's not like oh uh there was no tension whatsoever and then she just snapped it's like no there's always like a build-up to the snap yeah no No, there is there's always a build-up to the snap or maybe there's not i don't know well (laughs) i don't know (laughs) okay whatever you shut up you go eat your cabbage all right so anyway A friend said that the night before her disappearance, Vivian confided in her that she wanted to leave the island with her sons. So another Mm -hmm. friend is like, I talked to her the night before she disappeared, and she said she wanted to leave Fergus and take the kids with her to the mainland. Okay. So that conflicts with Fergus's claim that she was like, oh, you're so good with the kids. See ya. You know? Okay. Yeah. No, I get that. 
So with um, no real leads, investigators start digging into the forensic evidence from the scenes. Um, they couldn't lift any fingerprints off Beth's body, the knife in her bathroom or her house. Um, another weird thing is that uh, I learned this from the YouTube video as well, that in, on Beth's body, there were like s- swirls as if somebody had wiped their hands hmm. on the body. Like had swirls wipes, like sorry like like streaks almost like they had wiped their own hands off on best body after getting so it feels like so it feels like it's a just, messy crime it's, feels it's almost like, just like an ex i don't know it's, it doesn't really mean anything except that it's just kind of sick to me like oh now let me wipe my hands off on your dead body i don't know something about it just stuck with me um, yeah, it feels so, like it feels like like no care for the body. Yeah, it feels very dismissive and gross to me. Um, investigators found blood on Beth's towels in the Land Cruiser in Beth's bathroom and on the knives in Beth's house and in Vivian's car. Okay. So DNA evidence wasn't really used, like I had mentioned earlier, for another year or two, but they did know blood typing. So they did know that Beth and Fergus both had type O blood. And Vivian had type A blood. Okay. So they found type A blood, a.k.a. they found Vivian's blood in Beth's house and in Uh, the land land cruiser. They found type O blood in the Cameron's house, uh, potentially from the injury with the wine glass. I was going to say. And like, but also could she have cut herself in the injury and like now he has her blood? But so they also found Vivian's blood in the house. Right, so okay. it could have been from that. Um, I don't but, know. But so they found, basically, they found both Vivian's and Fergus's blood in their house. They also okay. found only Vivian's blood, and presumably Beth's blood in Beth's house. Got it. Now, one weird thing is that the blood was almost separate. Like they found Vivian's blood. In the bathroom, but they found best blood on her. It was like they didn't mingle. That's okay, but it, that feels like someone collected. Yes, her blood it feels separately. planted. Yeah, I feel like it, I. And this goes back to smearing your hands on that. Like you'd think that you would have had some commingling of your mm-hmm. blood if you were wiping your bloody hands on the body. I mean, yeah, I don't think it was her. And like if it if if they only had blood typing and they only found type O blood on Beth, well, I mean, guess who else was type O? I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, no, a lot of people, I'm with you. But also I'm with you. <laughs> so I'm with I don't you. know. I don't know. It's just odd. And it's it's again just all circumstantial. Um, but there's more odd stuff because neither the knife in Beth's bathroom, which they found, or the knife in Vivian's car, neither one matched the wounds on Beth. They were not so they the were murder both weapons. Planted. Yes. Allegedly, I mean, according to me only and not anybody else. And don't sue me. But yes. <laughs> but it feels planted. It certainly feels, if I have a sense about it, the sense is that it's planted. Something feels fishy about this whole thing because like, oh, there's knives with blood on them, but they don't match the wounds. They're not the murder weapons. What are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. <sighs> wow. Huh. And so the really the the only way people have been able to explain that is like, well, maybe it was planted or maybe they made a mistake like in assessing the wound. So, you know, we don't know. But finally, this is the last kind of bit is that investigators found cigarette butts in the kitchen ashtray and in the bathroom where the killer washed their hands after the attack. 
uh, and the the ones in the kitchen were the same brand that Vivian smoked, uh, but the ones in the bathroom were a different brand. And I also want to point out Beth didn't smoke, so somebody had come over, killed her, and smoked a cigarette. Whether it was because they wanted to calm down or whether it was because they bought the type Vivian liked and thought, oh, I'll leave Vivian's cigarette here to make it look like it was Vivian. It all just, I feel like you're just, you just continue to list things that are planted. I, it, like, it sounds like it, doesn't it? Oh, the the exact cigarette brand she used yeah. was, was there having just been smoked after maybe the murder. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But and it, maybe, it feels I mean, like it was planted. It does, or it feels like she didn't give a fuck and was like, oh, you know, which is also possible. Like, maybe she was like, I already did this terrible thing. I'm not going to try to hide it. And if she I did mean, die by suicide, like, maybe she just knew that it didn't matter whether she left her cigarette butts. maybe it's a mix of both of them where maybe she just didn't give a fuck. And then she was already, like, on her way out and had, like, whoever she was talking to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they were helping her get out of Dodge, you know? So... Yeah. She's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just letting everyone know. Yeah, I killed her. Yeah, and also you'll never right, find right. me. Great point. Maybe it wasn't like I'm going to hide it. Maybe it was just like, yep, it was me. That's a great point. I'm, I'm not even put that together. Yeah. So they find these cigarettes. Um, there was still obviously all this circumstantial evidence, but no real answers. So police looked at other possible suspects. Um, there was actually this creepy secret admirer who often drove to her house like day and night. And he would just sit outside her house in his car. And sorry, leave. I no, was putting okay. the gargoyles down, but there's sorry, there's a man that's <laughs> you got to get a new gargoyle. But this one has to be like extra creepy because there's this dude who used to it was like a secret admirer of Beth's and he would just like drive to her house day or night and sit outside her house. So, of course, police had to look into him because he's basically I mean, for all intents and purposes, it sounds like a stalker to me. Yeah, this could be the guy who was, like, watching everything happen and knew what she was about. Oh, that's interesting. What if he knows the whole story? Yeah. Well, apparently, he was known to leave flowers, like, expensive flowers on her porch every couple days. He would mow her lawn for her without her asking. Uh, And Beth's friends would joke about this like it was no big deal and would sometimes even take some of the flowers. Uh, But they did ask Beth to be safe and she promised to always lock her doors and keep one of the farm dogs in the house with her at night. So they did kind of sense that there was not full safety with this guy. Um, Apparently one day Beth got fed up with this guy and even confronted him while he was mowing her lawn and was like, get off of my property like leave me alone Mm -hmm. and apparently he got pissed off and he left and then he came back a few days later just to scream at her about how angry he was that she had like rejected him so well that sounds like a big lead big lead exactly but uh you know they interviewed him they cleared him they said it couldn't have been him we don't know many more details and he did seem heartbroken upon hearing of her death he actually posted an obituary notice in a melbourne paper which read Beth, you held a very special place in my heart. I will always hold our special friendship close. You made me feel complete. Yikes. Like, I wish the newspaper had just somehow known not to print that. But I wish I saw that and went, no thanks. We'll give you your money back. The vibes are off with this one, you know. Um, There was another guy who posted in the newspaper about her, too, who was apparently also lovesick with, with Beth. So Jeez. maybe she with... was just sleeping with a bunch of people and like well, apparently she wasn't and this was like a big thing because her friends were what? like no fergus was her first sexual relationship like oh right her first serious relationship she did not you know 
sleep with other people. Like they were pretty adamant. And the fact that they knew all the steamy details of her life, they were like, no, she wasn't sleeping with anyone else. So, you know, it, it complicates matters with the semen that they found on her too. Cause it's like, well, was maybe somebody else did come by that night and maybe Fergus found out or maybe who knows, but somebody's not telling the whole truth. Um, so this guy, it was a male coworker at Penguin Parade, and uh, they were also good friends. His name was Michael, and Beth actually told Michael, "Like, I'm, I don't want to go out with you because I'm actually seeing Fergus. Um, I'm, I'm. He's, she's like, I'm having an affair with him. Like, she fully confided this information in him, mm-hmm. uh, just to tell him, like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in a relationship. I'm already in a relationship, and guess what? It's with this Fergus guy who's married. Um, Oi." So Michael knew about the affair, uh, but Michael didn't even think she was having sex with Fergus because Beth had once told him she was absolutely against sex before marriage. So even to Michael, who was like interested in her, he was like, I didn't even think she was sleeping with the guy that she was seeing. So she just had a bunch of gentleman callers. Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. That's the vibe I get. Um, he actually posted, uh, his own death notice in the paper to honor Beth, which said, my life has been enriched with your love and kindness, which you shared with everyone. Um, and this is a little strange. Michael said he found out about Beth's relationship with Fergus a month before she died. But Beth's friend Marie, who like knows everything about Beth was like, nope, she told Michael four days before she died. So it just seems like a weird thing to lie about. Yeah. No, I I agree. Just odd odd um so some suspected maybe michael killed beth in a fit of jealousy but there's just that's just rumor there's really no evidence to support that Mm. um there are just thousands of questions that still haunt her family uh both families and investigators surrounding the case there's still no answers um as it stands no one has ever been charged with beth's murder and vivian remains missing Uh, she has never been seen again There was a book released in 2012 on the topic, uh, which reported that there was still a warrant out for Vivian's arrest if she is found. Um, And meanwhile, Fergus still lives on Phillip Island. As of 2016, he serves on the Destination Phillip Island Development Committee as deputy chair. Um, He is very still very involved in the island. I believe he is remarried or at least started seeing someone new. Um, and his family sold the Grand Prix racetrack for $20 million in, I think, 2004. Wow. Um, which, if Vivian were still in the picture, she would have received, I think, one-sixth of that uh, mm. payout, which is another interesting like thing to note that, you know, she hasn't stepped forward for for that money either yeah you know so anyway that's the story i know that was so long i'm sorry no Uh, you're good there's just so many moving parts so that's the story oh glory it's well thanks for the word hummingbird but it's it (laughs) it's man i really do love when you do mysteries but i also really hate when you do mysteries because i i just feel like i got all this build up with like no no final I know moment and that's why I like telling them to you because it's like now finally I can share my frustration with someone else like because otherwise I, mean, I just sit here pulling my hair out like watching these documentaries oh. I mean part of me thinks it wasn't Vivian but part of me thinks maybe it was Vivian but one interesting what I know I know it's like impossible to know and I hear this is what I was gonna add um 
So some of the things worth noting that I took notes on and didn't know where to insert into my document or didn't know Mm -hmm. if I had space. And now I'm deciding, even though I don't have space, I'm going to say them anyway. Sure. Um, So he admitted to somebody, I don't know if it was investigators or friends, uh, Fergus admitted that he felt like he was cheating on Beth whenever he slept with his wife, Vivian. Like that's how in love with Beth he was. And it wasn't just a you know, fling for him. Uh, He was apparently like deeply invested in Beth. And so that just maybe adds a tinge of context for anybody who's on the fence or doesn't know. Um, So the fact that he felt closer to Beth than he did his own wife, um, especially like speaking intimately. And then at the hospital, they were like, no, they were very close and intimate, you know, just kind of odd. Um, The, other thing that I mentioned was none of Vivian's blood was found on or around Beth's body. So that was also mm. odd, especially like if they had wiped their hands all over the body. Right. Um, oh, and the bridge. That was the other thing because they had suspected uh, that she had died by suicide. But this bridge, apparently there has never been a suicide off of this bridge. Um, and people usually just jump off it as a dare like kids dare each other to jump off it it's not a very what? high bridge uh and apparently it was also high tide when vivian allegedly jumped so it doesn't really make sense and she would not have died by suicide most likely um and also uh, somebody went by and checked and there was no salt disturbance on the railing there was like a crust of salt uh at that point in time and none of that had been disturbed as if somebody had climbed over the railing. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was like just kind of one clean layer. So that was another thing that didn't really match up with police's um, reporting. And then finally, the last thing I want to mention was somebody named Kara's closet commented on the video uh, that Liz Wakeford posted and said an interesting theory, which I just want to throw out there. Um, And this is just speculation, but this is what this commenter said idea. Vivian killed Beth, then told Fergus about it in a jealous, angry rage. Ferg then killed her because of this, Vivian, and then sent his family to discover Beth's body because he knew it was there and didn't want to do it himself. Oh, uh, see, that's that's a theory. that interesting? Because then I was like, oh, well, that would be another explanation why you would send someone because you know she's dead, but you don't have the you don't want mm-hmm. to be the one to find it. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting, you know, angle on this. Um, potentially plant the car near the river to make it look like his wife had died by suicide or or planted the car by the river, the bridge, to make it look like she had fled to the mainland. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole thing, I mean, Kara's closet, this commenter even posted, the whole Cameron family is sketchy as hell. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, it's that's another, you know, just a random theory. But I thought that was an interesting angle of like, maybe he found out his wife did it. Wow. And then, you know, killed her in a jealous rage or an angry rage. Um, who knows? It's all conjecture and <sighs> talk no about talk about your classic headache. What a your, headache. A a real humdinger, as you know, I always say. As only Em would say. <laughs> and no one else. Oy. And somebody's grandpa, maybe. Well, well good <laughs> storytelling. Uh <sighs> what a doozy. I can't believe I'm gonna see you so soon. I can't believe I'm going to see you in less than 48 hours. Yay. <gasps> no, you said it first. <laughs> I know. I just realized why I was no, saying you. It wasn't just a hangout. No, don't think about that. Just to hang out. 
Oh, okay. Well, I can't wait to see you just to hang out. If you want to see us hang out more, you can um, slide on over to our after chats if you are a member of Patreon. And yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but I'm sure it'll be very silly, <laughs> very unnecessary. Hopefully it's just more about snakes. I'm not really sure. Oy. All right. <laughs> and that's why we drink. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 